and then don't stop recording. That's the other yeah. important part. And, and you might. <laughs> it's, important. it's okay. It's all right. And my internet has been kind of fucked up lately. Like, I think Spectrum is fucking with me. So, like, uh, I got a new uh, modem, but still uh, we'll lose internet. Like, once every two to three hours. Pretty oh, that's sure fun. It's their, pretty sure it's their fault. So, nothing like having my kid uh, doing her homework online and then losing her progress because the fucking Spectrum decided to drop her internet. And, like, I, I wonder, like, all of these homework assignments, these kids are online. Like, what if you don't have internet access in your kid. Like, yeah. They're really stacking the get deck against a certain a certain class of people, I think. Yeah, because I mean seriously, like probably a, a significant portion of her grade is like stuff that she does like Dreambox or whatever online for her school district. I was like Yeah, I think all my son's uh homework is online. It's crazy. It's also great because when my, my wife gets any kind of, she gets like online grades for the kids. So she'll be like, did you miss this homework assignment? And right away, she's like, I can I can hear a rumble through the family. Something drops on the grade system. And it's like, bling, bling, bling. why didn't you turn this in? It's, it hits my daughter. It hits my wife. And then my daughter starts panicking. And then my wife is stomping down the stairs. I'm glad I didn't have that kind of oversight when I was a child. Oh yeah, since I did zero homework assignments, <laughs> exactly, and just slide uh, my way out of it. Yeah, my my homework assignments were like they'd be like, okay, let's pull out the homework, and I'd basically just sit with a blank piece of paper in my lap and pretend like I did my homework while we did all the work, and then at the end they'd be like, okay, let's turn them in. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just like you're not leaving the table till your dinner's done. You know, you just kind of slide a little off to the dogs. Eventually, you're done. Yeah, literally never. I don't think I ever took. I don't think I ever took any books home, ever. I never did it. It's amazing that we're mildly successful adults. Yeah, of course. Shh, don't tell the kids. No, <laughs> I was a very diligent student. Oh, don't worry. My kids know that I was a failure in high school and middle school, and so <laughs> they've taken it to heart and they've uh, followed along just perfect. That's good. They, perfect. they use you as, as a cautionary tale. <laughs> They see you can succeed without trying. That's good. Yeah, so anyway, I guess we can get started. We're recording, right? Sure, so. yeah. Advanced After Combat. This is the Advanced After Combat podcast. It's a podcast about wargaming in general. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by myself, Dave, uh, my bromance partner, Jason. Hello. And a guest host that we select from our guild on a, on, on BGG uh, every month or every two months. Hey, fuck it. Don't. Gonna get <laughs> Plus or minus. Shit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's podcasts that haven't recorded in like a year. Okay. So, uh, and this, but not to take away from the fact that this month, our guest host is Marty. Welcome. Aloha. Uh -huh. So Marty, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself or not? So Either way. So let's see. I'm a retired sailor, um, submarine force. So is it uh, a submariner or a submariner? We go submariner now because a submariner makes it sound substandard. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it'd go the other way. That's I thought it'd be too much submarine sludge. And they'd be like, no. No such thing. So I spent my time listening to whales and other various ocean 
sounds and now I've retired and I'm working as a defense contractor. So do you feel, like do you feel like do you feel like the whale threat level is a real thing? There's a there's an honest whale threat level out there. Oh yes there is. I mean you can hear those dolphins and whales and they're they're thousands of yards away and they're just humping away. Living their best lives. Yeah, that actually sounds kind of good. I don't know. All right. Well, they don't have to podcast. That sounds, they're not on a rigid schedule like we are. So, Marty, how did you get into wargaming? Because it sounds like being a submariner, um, wargaming would not be the ideal hobby for that job because space is, is a factor. So, I started very, very young, maybe middle school. Um, started with the uh, Naval War card game from Avalon Hill and we'd play that in middle school and then it was a lot of uh, World War One aviation games between uh, Richtofen's War, Blue Max um, and then uh, then it was a little squad leader, just, just a little bit and then uh, made it through high school, some car wars and then it just kind of faded away for a while because um, going on active duty there weren't a lot of opponents um for war games and then um i found an old copy of skirmish at uh, a goodwill when i was in uh, groton connecticut and it kind of flared something in my mind about playing war games again and so um i found board game geek and then eventually constant world and next thing you know i'm collecting an ass whack of board games um, and war games and then trying to find people to play them with and so um, I tried to introduce it to my some of the guys on the boat and they would play we play like Pacific Typhoon card games small stuff um, I think I really scared the shit out of one of the other guys when we tried to play Labyrinth underway and that was at least <laughs> six hours <laughs> and it, it's funny watching all these guys going what's going on uh, well, I'm moving my hidden cell of jihadists to Afghanistan, to Pakistan, and I'm getting ready to un unveil them, and we're going to move some guys into Europe, and they were like, all right, and they just kept walking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're like, they're like, you're off the boat in Hong Kong, we're going to package you up and send you back to D.C. for investigation, that's it. Oh, yeah. They're, they're it, like, he said jihad at least four times during the, the last cruise, so that's it. He's suspicious. <laughs> So I did have a, a, a small group of guys. I, I hate to say I, I would uh, play. We became farmers. So Agricola was our goal to game. So it was the standard, the, the 4-H club, undersea 4-H club, what we'd have. And we'd play Agricola. So that was the go-to game for your sub? It was. It was. And uh, other than playing just some random card games, um, Mostly that Pacific Typhoon. I think I brought Atlantic Storm underway at least once or twice. So what's the worst thing about being on a sub and the best thing about being on a sub? Worst thing, uh, zero connectivity to the world. Um, so it was, you know, we were always waiting for football scores, wondering who won, who didn't win. <laughs> I wouldn't think about uh, that, yeah. Uh, it was, we thought... When Trump was elected, it was a prank from radio. <laughs> so, I mean, we didn't know all the 
the the lead up to the election with the the emails and uh, the servers and all that. And so when they res- the results came out and said, "Oh, Donald Trump was elected president," we're like, "You got to be shitting me." Um, so and then you guys wow, are like, yeah. "Dive, dive." <laughs> <laughs> It's like a Twilight Zone episode. It was. It was. You're the only ones alive. Everything's a rubble. Remember, you got a lot of rubble. And so the the best thing I think is the set schedule. I mean, you you go on watch for six to eight hours. You you're off for six to eight hours, and then you sleep for six to eight hours, and then wash, rinse, and repeat. And you just keep doing that for like uh, four to six months. Yeah. Yeah. That was my favorite thing about being deployed and coming back and like having to, you know, cook and deal with children and relationships. Like, no, I just want to go to work and then do my laundry and then go to sleep. Like, that's, yes, that's so a Marty, great way how, of life. How many guys on the boat? How many guys do you have on the boat? So on average, we would have about 150. How many, how many shitters? All right, so 150 guys. <laughs> His voice dropped a little. He's like, "Let's get the brass This is this is kind of the math. Here we go. Uh, so, three shitters, upper level, one shitter, lower level. Was there an officer shitter? Uh, like, yes. Oh, those fucking officers. They have two. They have two. <laughs> so it's like five shitters for 150 guys, something like that. So there's three shitters for the troops and two shitters for the officers. Well. Well, we'd have one shitter in the lower level um, for the guys that live down in the um, bottom part of the boat, the third level of the boat. Um, And it also had one shower. And then the middle level would also have two showers. And so, yep, two showers, three shitters, and 150 guys. And then... Did the captain have his own bathroom? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh he, God damn it. Are you kidding he, me? That's my dream. He and the executive officer had their own shared head. So, yeah, they'd have their own shower, shit, or what have you. That sounds like a pretty good deal for him. <laughs> these are the, these like, are the important questions. Yeah, he's like, guys, I know you have it tough on this one. And they're like, what are you talking about, dude? You have your own bathroom. <laughs> I don't know. I just, that's a Navy thing. That is kind of a dream. And they don't have to clean it, right? There's like piss, peons to, to do that kind of stuff. Uh, doesn't the sub do it automatically? Marty would know all about this. How, how no, is, no, no, the, no, no, no. How's the poop uh, shot out of the sub? <laughs> all right. So we can. <laughs> we can is, you, you come to the this podcast for the, fish the fish fish. Fish. We're really getting into the details here. All right. So two ways to get rid of the poop from a submarine. One is a pump which ducka 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 and it makes a lot of noise so the idea is if we're somewhere where we shouldn't be or possibly in a hostile environment we wouldn't want to use that because it gets loud Um, so the alternate method is blowing it pressurize the tank open the valve and all that pressure just pushes the poop right off the boat this sounds like decisions that I make every early Sunday morning. Whether I'm going to blow it or do the noisy. Well, well, the problem is um, all the drains on the submarine eventually make it to one, two, or three of the sanitary tanks. 
And so if they're not aligned correctly, when the tank is pressurized, you could end up blowing poop in the wrong place. Um, usually that's the galley where we make our food. So um, just imagine yeah, it's bad. a thousand, you know, pound, thousand gallons of poop blowing into where you make your food for the day. But would this impact the captain's meal? Because I think that's the most important. Question. Oh, yeah. It impacts everyone's meal. <laughs> it's an all hands thing that everything's secured until everything is sanitized and scrubbed. And and then we figure out who messed it up and then uh, he gets in trouble. Like who, how would you figure out who, like what are you taking, DNA testing or something? How would you know who messed it up? Somebody had the giant crap? No, no, no. It's a, there's a guy who walks around and has to make certain all the valves are aligned correctly. So he walks around, checks off. Yep, Got this it. one's okay. shut. This one's shut. So, and what's his title? Like the senior sanitary uh, chief? Uh, usually, the they call him the ox of the watch. See, Jason, you're all the, learning stuff. All here. the terminology is great. <laughs> That's my favorite part. In, in, when I was at Guantanamo Bay, they had the Marines that would have to come along and suck all the shit out of our shitters, and we called them the shit sucker truck. And then the Marine commanded, commandant came out with an order that said, from now on, they would be referred to as SSTs because they felt that shit sucker trucks was too bad for their morale. Like these guys are like, dude, I didn't fucking join the Marines. They joined to catch bullets. As we speak, my daughter is with a Marine in L.A. I don't know what to think. How do you feel about that? Well, she's 20, and I want her out of my damn house. So <laughs> That's it, came, it came to me that all of a sudden, this is why people had dowries. I'm ready to, to pay his family to take her away. I'm like... <laughs> I've got an unpunched copy of, you know, Case Blue, another unpunched copy of, you know, La Grande Guerre. Take it. Sell it on eBay. You can if you take her, I'm happy. Twenty is about that time. Spread your wings yeah. and fly. Are there a lot of Marines in LA? What, what is he <laughs> No, no, no. He's he's uh stationed up here, up in uh Washington with us. Um, he is actually one of the Marine uh, guards for all the, the uh, submarine here, because since we have atomic weapons up here. Okay, got it. Or maybe not. Um, <laughs> okay, Jason's got to go back and scrub that. Uh, <laughs> note. No, of course there's no. We don't talk about this. Well, that sounds like a great, a great thing. It sounds like you're proud. Do you like the guy? I do. I you know I really like him, and uh, she's been sending me photos from uh, Disneyland today. So she's been going to the with Galaxy's Edge and all the other things that are down there, and uh, she looks like having a great time. So hopefully something good comes out of this. Okay. Very nice. Hey, so Marty, what are you drinking today? Well, I am just finishing up a bottle of my favorite Kirkland Canadian whiskey. <laughs> wow, there's so much to unpack there. 
Kirkland does a decent job. I know. Kirkland's I know. Not bad, Canadian the whiskey. Ca- oh, I like it. I've always been a big, huge fan of Canadian whiskey. And sitting on the bench eating is some of the Ararat five-year, um, I would call it brandy. Okay. Is Ararat like Mount Ararat, like in Armenia? This would be. Um, so I probably told a bunch of guys on the, you know, we've been at cons about this because I bring it to every con I can. Um, the Ararat brandy. Uh, was made in the Soviet Union. It's been been made. Let me read the bottle here. 1887. And so um, when the Soviets took over, they still continued production. And when the the big three met at Yalta, um, or I think it was Yalta, that when they had the after meal drink, Churchill commented that this was such an amazing liquor. And so Stalin said, all right, I got you, bro. And so until Churchill died, he had a a case of this Ararat sent to the British embassy in London um, every month. And so, wow. Stalin Stalin was awesome. (laughs) I mean, yeah, this is amazing. So I've been drinking it. It's amazing taste. It has this... uh, kind of an apricot taste to it i just know because uh i've been in glendale california and that's like there's armenian. some armenians there there's, there's a few yeah. <laughs> yeah one or two it's it's pretty much west armenia mm-hmm. well so that's good uh what that's about cool. you jason what do you got uh cazadora's reposado on on ice oh that's nice classy yeah. and and practical yes <laughs> okay yeah pacing myself a little bit it's in that bushmill range that nice uh in california at least 16 to 19 dollar bottle range exactly yeah so i'm looking man and dave uh i'm doing a bullet rye and miller light uh christmas metal bottle specials so sweet sweet. that sounds good take that churchill you drink fucking Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> and now I see there's a thing on the back I should have been scanning because I could have won some prizes. Oh, fuck. I get oh, well. points. Like camel points back in the day. Got to go back, get my kids back in the garbage cans to get all those empties out so I can start scanning them. All right. Well, um, that's pretty much it for the intros. And we have a quiz. Marty, I don't know if you want to do the quiz. I will. And- okay, okay. So, and you have a choice. You know what your next choice is. I'm going to stick with Dave on this one. Oh, Jason, <laughs> come on! So you're thinking not a lot of Vietnam questions. No, if it's Braxton, it's all going to be about Sweden, and I'm just going to say Gustavus Adolphus. That's going to be all my answers, and yes. All right, Jason. Getting it I, up now. Because I, I emailed it. God, you got it good. I successfully emailed it. Hooray. Yeah, I meant to respond, but I, I didn't. All right, let's get situated. It is the postpartum AAC Con holiday podcast quiz. Yeah, so I, I thought we would do the quiz. We'll get through the quiz, and then we'll do a little uh, garbage time, and then recap the convention, and then do some books. And then if Marty has a review, we can do that and see where it takes us. Sounds good. Sounds good. 
Great. I'm on board. You guys ready? Oh, yeah. Ready Braxton, to over Braxton said there might be some softballs in here. I don't, I don't know. Because I did hit oh, him up like good. three days good, before. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> we always wait to the last minute. All right. Question the first. Time for name that opposing commander. The Battle of Raffia, 217 BC. Uh, my commander is Antiochus the Third. Who is yours? Antiochus the Third. Oh, God. You know, I don't know crap about agents. I knew this was coming. Dave? And like... Oh, jeez. Is this like a... I'm thinking it's like, what, a successor of Alexander or something? Uh, Take... I don't know. Tall, you want to say like... Ptolemy? Ptolemy? Let's go for it. Ptolemy. Which one? Oh, fuck. Well, we're close, right? Uh, <laughs> probably not the first. Ptolemy uh, the second. Ptolemy the fourth. Oh, we oh, never got that. Oh, yeah. No. yeah. Who, who knew there were four of them? We were on the right track. The Battle of Dara, 530 AD. D A R A. More ancients. More ancients. Oh, God, no. My commander, My commander is, is Perosis. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Dave, you're going to have to help me out on this. Dave, you're going to have to help me out on this. Yeah, Marty, I think we're getting some echo off you. When you're oh, old sorry. Because I don't know if are you wearing headphones. I am wearing headphones. Yeah, so just try to like not keep it on while we're talking because that's kind of what I think we're getting an echo whenever you're lit up. So, so. got it. Inside and baseball. Podcasting. Yeah. Very complicated stuff. All right. We've only been doing this for seven years. <laughs> sorry, rookie here. Uh, so I'm sorry, <laughs> Jason. Can you completely Battle of Dara? Battle of Dara, Perosis. I put it in the chat. P e r o z e s. It says, "If you don't know the answer, play more Cataphract, because that's going to help." Well, then guess guess uh, what's the uh, what's the famous Byzantine commander who went back and conquered invaded Italy. Um. Uh, he invaded Sicily, and I'm thinking, I, I want to say Hadrian, but it's not Hadrian. It's, uh, uh, I don't know. I give up. I surrender. I, uh, you know the one he went back, and he was an Eastern uh, Roman general, and went back and actually retook Italy after it was overrun by barbarians. <sighs> I can't remember his name. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Belisarius. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one. We should have known that one. Belisarius. The Battle of Alte Veste. I'm going to say 1632. My commander. Here you go. Gustav Adolf the Great. Gustav Adolphus. So you can't guess this one. Because it's my oh, damn commander. it! It was gonna it's it was gonna be Gustavus Adolphus. <laughs> it's, it's 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 Alte Viste. Yeah, that's what I would. That's how I would say it. Veste. 
Well, I think there's like there's usually like two guys that fought against him, right? Isn't like, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. This is not my period. So like Tully, uh, Tilly, there's Tilly. There's a couple Protestants that fought, uh, there's a couple Catholic leaders that fought against Protestants. All right. I'm going to look at my collection of board games. There has to be something here that helps. Uh, Braxton does give a hint if you don't know the answer. Play more Gustav Adolf the Great. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Braxton. There's, there's, like a, there's like a Walrin, Waller. How about Wallenstein? We'll, yes, we'll go with that's it. There you go. You got it. Wallenstein. Awesome. That was good. That was good. Great Euro game. This. Rolling on World War One, the Battle of Lodes, nineteen fourteen. My commander is Nikolai Ruski. Who is yours? Some Polish guy or an Austrian. Um. Well, I think a Hindenburg and or Ludendorff. Or Ludendorff, yeah. I'm thinking one of those two, so I'll well, go with Hindenburg. Lud- yeah, Ludendorff, Ludendorff is the chief of staff, right? So I think Hindenburg's probably the I would go Hindenburg. Uh, he has Ludendorff here. Okay. I don't know. Well, he was the brains of the operation, right? That's no. Right. We'll put that one under. We'll, 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 we're give give it a Hasky. We're going to throw out the challenge flag. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what 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 level are we at here? Uh, the, I'm going to give it to you. I'm, I'm feeling generous. It's a, I mean, we knew it. But I, spirit. Yeah, he, I mean, Hindenburg, I think, was in charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Battle of Singapore, 1942. My commander is Tomoyuki Yamashita. Who is yours? Oh, shit. Good, good luck on this. Some British, some pathetic British guy. Oh crap! So, um, all I can think of is we've got Lord Pomeroy. Let's just think of British names that would be guys that would not successfully defend Singapore. Uh, <laughs> Lord Pomeroy the <laughs> Third. Um, let's see the guy who played Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, Earl Thimblebottom. <laughs> um, oh crap. All I can think of is, is Bridge on the River Kwai, so I I really can't get anything for Singapore. Yeah, I would no, I wouldn't know this. Arthur Percival. Yeah, I don't read books. Never ever, forever. He's a winner. That's right. It was very unsuccessful defense. <laughs> it's time for which fucking war is it? Name the war or military conflict that each listed battle is associated with. So far, I'm not really getting a really easy feel for this. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No. But at least you knew Gustavus Adolphus was at least one question <laughs> he, in this group. Before we even started, you knew it was going to be in there. He couldn't, he couldn't give us the other side, but he's Gustavus <laughs> at least. Uh, the Battle of Luz. Which war was that? The Battle of Luz. Oh, can you spell it? L O O S. Loose change, huh? So shit. Probably Europeans. Uh, could be World War One. I. I mean, I don't recognize it for anything else. I don't either. Um, shit. Let's go. 
World War One. World War One. Yes. Give me a blind squirrel. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Battle of the Punch Bowl. Which fucking war was it? The Battle of the Punch Bowl. And I'm assuming Braxton doesn't give us years for this. No. No, that that'd be really easy. I'm thinking this is either American Civil War or like like Crimean War or something. It's like punch bowl is kind of a weird phrase. All I can think of is is Hawaii. So that's punch bowl is Hawaii, but that's nothing in World War II, so I'll have to concede on that one. Oh, well, so yeah, Marty, all I can do is give you suggestions. <laughs> You're gonna have to. <laughs> I'm picking either. Uh, it could be World War II. Um, it sounds like something modern. Like I don't know if punch bowl was something that people said. So I would actually change my answer to say maybe it's World War II. Could be Korea, Vietnam. Ooh, it doesn't match anything. I think of re, uh, Vietnam. Let's go with uh, oh, shit. I don't know. I don't. Know. I don't we're know. Already, we're already recording. You're fine. <laughs> okay. You've exceeded our expectations. I don't know. The Korean War. Oh, where was the punch bowl? I don't know. It, it sounds Korean y. Like, that sounds like something that's coming out of war. <laughs> no, I mean, not Korean y. I mean, like Korean War y. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, obviously, that doesn't sound Korean. No. It's not Hangul. I understand the Hangul. Exactly. Yeah. How about the Battle of Old Church? Okay, Braxton, for fuck's sake. Are you kidding me? You're saying this is... Oh, yeah, where's the softball? Old Shirt's got to be like American Indian Wars. Old Shirt? That's got to be like a some kind of crazy Indian fight. I would say either... Let's see, French Indian or... <sighs> shit. Revolutionary, but I can't... You know it's going to be the one that's like, it's the fight right before Fallen Timbers, where the, it's like from the 8th, 1792, where the, the colonials fought the Indians for five there, minutes. There's English in there somewhere. Old shirt uh, has got to be something involving... I'll go with Revolutionary. Natives. Okay. Uh, the American Civil War. No shit. Which, that's which Revolution? Braxton's trying to send me a message. He's like, next time, give me more time to come up with a question. <laughs> uh, the Battle of Chatsuits. I'm going to put this in the chat. Dave, how do you pronounce that? Chodusits? I'm, I'm thinking it's got to be Seven Years' War. Chodusits? Chodusits? Something like Poland. Now I'm thinking it's either War of Austrian Succession or Seven Years' War. Let's go with the War of Austrian Succession. It sounds Polish, Austrian, whatever. Tomato, tomato. He got it. Just oh, like, wow. I'm not even the answer is. You guys win. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's always an easy. Awesome. I, am. Got, I don't know if Hosts have figured this out, but uh, it helps that I know a little bit more about military history. <laughs> and Jason's also a very lenient. I'm very, very lenient. No, it was the War of Austrian Succession. Yeah. As long you know, as long as you've got the the whole idea of what's going on in Europe during that period, I'm I'm all with you. Yeah. 
and Operation Cedar Falls. Got to be Vietnam because there's operation on it. Yep, that's that's the giveaway. Operation operation really kind of narrows it down. It yeah, it's gonna War. be it's gonna be Vietnam. Got it in one. Yeah, because in Korea they would say like they wouldn't say operation, but they would say like because there were heart, battles. Yeah, but, like we're doing Blue Heart or like I think Incheon Landing was Blue Heart or something like that, but it wasn't Operation Blue Heart. Yeah, operation started at Vietnam and then forward. Right. And then just entire wars or operations. It's time for who the fuck was there. This we got this, Marty. Marty, we're going to rally here. We got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. We're on a five out of 10, 50 50. That's pretty good. Really? Or it feels yeah. like we're doing way worse than that. Always. It always feels way worse. For each listed battle, operation, or event, name the renowned military unit or units that are most known to have been involved. This might, be, this might be a new question. Sounds like a new field. I haven't yeah. heard any of these from previous. Yeah. Mixing it up. Oh, Jesus. And the the pronunciation is, is bad already. All right, we're in 61 AD here. <laughs> <laughs> the Battle of Bonaventa. I'm going to stand by that. Bonaventa. He also has in parentheses Watling Street. Oh, we're going to need a spelling on that, Earl. Yeah. This, this is a rough one. This is bon an English Bonaventa? 61 AD? Yeah, I don't know where Watling Street's coming from. So you want to know what famous unit fought there? That's right. It's got to be Roman Legion. There's got to be a Roman Legion. Uh, Roman Legion 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. How's that? <laughs> Keep going. Thirteenth. It's the thirteenth. No, it's the thirteenth Roman 13th Legion. Thirteenth Legion. That's Roman the one Legion. that always wins everything. It's the thirteenth. There we go. Thirteenth Roman Legion. <laughs> this is the fourteenth. Are you kidding oh, me? Miss, yeah, miss, miss. It's always the thirteenth. <laughs> Some bullshit. Like they can't all be elite units, right? Yeah. <laughs> the last quiz, it was the thirteenth one that was. The it's always long. Jesus Christ. That's some bullshit. This this one might have been the softball question he was talking about. The Battle of Mons, 1914. Which allied unit do we think of with the Battle of Mons? I would go with the BEF. That is correct. How about the Siege of Rhodes, 1522? Or is it Rhode? There's an S on it. I think it's Rhodes. Yeah. yeah. Is this the, which which like, non-Ottoman military unit? Is this like the Templars or something like that? Immortals? No, 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 no. Okay. Don't worry. Other, other, okay. Side. other side. Yeah. It's other either, side. Okay. It's like the, it's one of the either the like the Templars or the other one or the Knights of Malta or some some group like that. Some kind of knight group, I think. Knights Templar, how's that? The Knights Hospitaller. Let's see the other one. Oh, the Templars? That's good. No, the, that's the, good. The, yeah, that, that's Hospitalers. Good. <laughs> Hospitalers. Yeah, the Templars were different. 
How about the Battle of Klusino, 1610? Which Polish unit? Phone a friend. Holy shit. Would that be the... Um, winged Lancers? The Winged Lancers. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. It's the guys with the big fucking wings. <laughs> Dial that in a little bit. Uh, what the hell are they called? <laughs> the 13th Polish Winged Lancers? <laughs> no, there's no number. The Winged... Jesus. The, the winged Polish Lancers? <laughs> oh. Yes, he obviously we obviously don't know it. <laughs> yeah, the the Hussars, 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 Wink Hussars. There we go. Yeah, is a Hussar a lance? Is that a is that a no? Translation? Hussars like a it's like light light cavalry. Yeah, yeah. The winged Hussars. And what about the battle and and. <laughs> The Battle of Iwo Jima, nineteen forty-five. Which, which Marine divisions? Plural. There's three of them. You're the Navy man, Marty. All right. So um, let's think. They're like one, two, three divisions. Um, shit. It's probably gonna. Let's go with the the third Marine division. There's three of them involved. The uh, third, the right. third is, correct. is correct. Okay, three, four, five. Why not? That is, that is correct. Oh my god! Nicely seriously, done. Is that, yeah. I would have gone like I would have done like one, three, seven. Yeah. <laughs> third, fourth, and fifth. All right. Nice, nice job. Nicely done, Dave. Yeah, there's bonus questions. It's it's that time of night. What's that? There's bonus. We have, I mean, we have formally shifted from Canadian whiskey to the brandy. I like Very it. I nice. like the update. That's good. That is, that is bonus. That's good. That gets us into bonus time. Yeah, there's bonus questions. So, like, uh, whatever. They're extra, but okay. they count the same as everything else. So, <laughs> I, I Marty, appreciate your enthusiasm. Do you have any, yeah, do you have any questions? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, we've been over this so many times. Seven if, fucking years. Like, you don't fucking understand uh, at this point what the fucking bonus questions are about? Like, yeah, that's fair. Like, it, it, what was the, what did it start at initially? Was it like five? Like, I had some stupid idea of what we were going like, to like four, four up or five yeah, up or yeah. some dumb name for it. And then eventually laziness lazing this just basically <laughs> just decomposed it. into the current state that it is. <laughs> That's what that's where all of our success comes from. It, it's evolution, evolution, yep. and decomposition. That's how this podcast has built itself. It's, it's uh, you know, pressure creating the diamond is really, really what's going on here. Right. A little bit of carbon under pressure with some heat, we got yeah. a diamond. Yeah, yeah. right. And and guys, we're trying to give you the best possible war game podcasting experience that you can receive for free. I mean, like literally, you guys give us nothing. I cannot overstate how little we yes. get. <laughs> we have a couple uh, patrons, but yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but it all gets poured back into uh, back into the community, the community, because that's how we make money: volume. We lose money on every transaction. So, how do we profit? Volume. <laughs> it never gets old. Yeah, I love it. All right, so that's it. Bonus. Perfect. Um, I'm going to crunch my ice off, Mike. Uh, right. Where in the fuck did they fight? Name the war, wartime theater, campaign, or operation that each listed military persona is most known for commanding or commanding in. Oh, Braxton. Um, 
the first uh, the first person is uh, Masanissa. This is that the he's the commander of the Numidians in the Punic Wars. Sure. Why not? He is. He's king of the Numidians. Where, where are the that. Numidians from? Uh, North Africa. New, Numidia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Numidia. Oh, do you want the do you want the Western white man's name for their country? No, no. no. <laughs> uh, so what? What? Which of the Punic Wars? Oh, geez, Second Punic Wars. That is correct. You're awesome, Dave. Thank you. Sorry, I didn't want to jump on you there. <laughs> no, works perfect. Well, we all know where we're standing. What about Richard the Lionheart? I got you on this one too, Marty, if you need it. I would go with the second. Um, oh, what the hell is it called? Crusade? Yes, second crusade. <laughs> Dave, any any input there? Well, is it the Second Crusade or was it the Third Crusade? I don't know, so I'm just debating. What's the, the Crusades game? You like Kingdom of Heaven? Is that? Yeah, so I think it's Richard and King Louis. I can't remember. I think the second is not Richard, but I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe it is the I, second. I think it's the second. I'm going with the second. Whatever. It is the third. Oh fuck! Shite. I tried. I to thought help. it was something like that. <laughs> <laughs> And, and meanwhile, uh, Jed the Older is back there like, yeah, we should have played that that game of the Crusades, and then you'd probably remember it. The, the Kingdoms game, Kingdom of Heaven game, would have clarified all this for you. But I should have broken out Crusader uh, Rex. Oh, there you go. I like those games. Uh, I, like, I like that we have Jed the Elder and Jed the Younger. Jed the Younger, yeah. First of all, they're cousins, and like one is not even, his name's not Jed. His name whatever. isn't Jed. <laughs> uh, how about Sitting Bull? Uh, what battle? battle? What Little battle? Bighorn. Little Bighorn. Little Bighorn, indeed. Yeah, Little Bighorn, yeah. yeah. That's a question for Medicine Man. Lieutenant uh, Gonville Bromhead. Oh, is this uh, Rourke's Drift? No, 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 don't don't say it right away. I it might be Rourke's Drift. That sounds interesting. The, the Zulu movie, right? We get the, the right. Yeah, movie. yeah. I think it's uh, Michael Caine plays him in uh, in the Zulu movie. Let's go with Rourke's Drift then. The size I, I, of a tangerine. That's my that's my Michael Caine. Did we get it? Yes, you did. Okay, you did. Yes, because mine is mine <laughs> try is try mine is next time. Just ask, old boy. <laughs> That's more appropriate. <laughs> uh, Sandy Woodward. This is a war. Sandy Woodward. I'm out. Sandy Woodward. The War of the Reporters. I have no idea. Nice. Yeah, Mar Marty, I just put on the last parachute and jumped out of the airplane on the <laughs> I'm out. Uh, this is Wood. Did you have a guess? Get all Den Yen Fu. Oh, very nice. Uh, the Falklands War. Oh, yeah. No way. No yeah, way. Never. I didn't know there were actual people involved. Just airplanes That's and right. boats. 
That's right. Uh, that is uh, an excellent showing. It looks like uh, I'm showing, what do we have here? 10 out of 20. That was good. I, yeah. I credit it all to Dave. Dave is the man. Just gonna take the, taking the quiz with people. All right, so Marty, you went to our convention. You went to the AACCon convention. Mm, we're going to wrap into up. it. I like right, it. So we're going to do a little review. Uh, this is, and Marty, I don't know if I didn't see Marty. Have you been to one before? Or is this the first AACCon you've been at? It was my second. So uh, I, I kept asking Marty this, like, have you been? And Marty's like, no, I was here before. And then I always felt like, oh, I'm a total dick. I didn't even know he'd come. <laughs> it's like, so tell us basically your experience and what happened. So basically, Advanced After Combat is a convention. It's a uh, it's a private invite convention, but the idea of it is that anyone who's ever guest hosted the podcast automatically gets an invite, and then they have consular status, so they have a plus one where they can also invite someone else who has not been. So if you've never hosted the podcast, the the, the good fucking luck. You're listening and you're thinking, oh man, I'd really like to go to this convention. Uh, you might want to start like kind of like trying to cheese dick up to somebody who's been a guest host who has consular status who can then bring you in. So, and we so had, we, had, we, had Mark Simonich, us, right? we had Mark Simonich. We had Mark Simonich and he literally we would not give him an invitation until somebody would give him a plus one. <laughs> and so then Mitch gave him a plus one because <laughs> rules are rules. Rules are rules. So I have to rely on my Pacific Northwest brethren. So. Um, Ralph and Duck are the primary reasons I was able to go to AAC Con. And uh, I love going to Dallas. And it was a, a great con. It's one of those days, it's one of those, I would say, a week where I just get to be myself and just hang out with a bunch of guys who have similar interests between war gaming and alcohol and staying up late and doing stupid shit. There's a lot of that. Yeah, I, so, a, so Marty, what'd you play? What'd you play while you were there? Um, so I did some empire of the sun and the big one was we did, uh, um, it was, here I stand. We went. Oh, dude, that table! You guys are bananas. <laughs> that was great. There was screaming going on. Like I saw Rocket Man screaming at Jed the Younger at one point. We went the full Play the ten turns. Car. I mean, just shit. And I was playing the Hausbergs, and it was like everyone was out to get me. There was actually one point where I was sitting at the table by myself. And every last player was sitting off, was standing off at another area, and they were discussing how they were going to kill me. Just like high school. Yes. <laughs> except, I, except I didn't get any over the bra. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so who ended up winning the Hero Stand? Oh, shit. Um, Britain I just, won, I, just I believe. noticed the moment where Rocket Man was screaming at Jed the Younger over some kind of card pull or something. It was fucking crazy. I mean, we we're all so tight, but I think it was England because they played this slow game and they were just behind the scenes and just was right there and they were just 
playing all of us against each other, and he just walked away with a win. Now that wrapped up what, like at like three, four? Yeah, that was we a long went, game. Oh yeah, we were we were there till like at least three in the morning. So what about after that? What, did, what else did you play? So I played some uh, South Pacific. Uh, I believe it was with Rocket Man. And so we played some of that, and then we played. Uh, I played some a little bit of uh, Empire of the Sun, and then, God, at this point I am been drinking way too much, so I don't remember so whole lot. <laughs> no, we don't want to put you on the spot. That's our job. We'll embarrass ourselves. We don't want to embarrass you. <laughs> We're here for you. We'll throw We're ourselves into the flames <laughs> happily. So, so one of the things I hung out with Marty a little bit. So, uh, a, a couple things we did. Uh, Marty that I made me pay. That, that I remember was uh, we played, we went up to basically Medicine Man had this like emperor's room that they'd given him because he had signed the contract. Yeah. And I was kind of like, why isn't this our room? Like, how the <laughs> fuck did Medicine Man get this room? He, he, he's earned it. Yeah, he's the contract signer. But then I was like, yeah, whatever. So, uh, we played some Silver Age Sentinels up in uh, Medicine Man. He had lots a big of yes, we did. It was just um, superheroes going at each other, like you know, just pissing at each other like the boys. Right, and the funny thing was, like that with that game, it's it's it, it's harder for players to just hop in cold because they didn't design the, the heroes themselves, so they don't, it's it's difficult to kind of get like, oh, I have these limitations or these strengths. Um, but it was fun in the hotel because we would literally play it like it was in the hotel. So like like I grabbed that giant piece of metal sculpture and hit this other guy with it. And so uh, that was fun. Yeah, I, th I think Silver Age Sentinels kind of played itself pretty well. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I had the I had the laminated cards for everyone so I could just throw guys, heroes, and just on the spot. Basically, there's few games, especially superhero games, where guys could just walk in and be like, yeah, I'm going to play this superhero now. And so I thought that game was really good. It, it, it played well, and there's actually some neat adventures that we can run in the future for that. So uh, I, I plan to do that. And then we did uh, the other interesting thing I did with Marty is at some point we were having trouble finding a venue around where the hotel was that served any kind of alcohol early. So we saw that I saw this restaurant that was nearby. It was a Eritrean restaurant. Um, and so <laughs> a couple of us, like five of us went over there and it was one of these, it, it looked like a scene out of like, uh, uh, Black Hawk Down, basically, basically like, like you go over there, oh, yeah. there's two guys smoking cigarettes outside, like Eritreans and Somalians, Ethiopians look real, there's some similarities, but they're smoking cigarettes outside, two of them. They see us. They're watching us. We walk in. We walked in. It was like the scene out of Animal House. Like when they walk into the, <laughs> like the, the bar. Yeah. Everyone stopped. The music stopped. Everyone stared at us. But we had Tyler with us, and Tyler is a man of the world. Who's Indeed he is, yeah. So, so we were like, at some point, we're in the doorway, and I turned to the guys. I'm like, dude, we got to keep going. We can't fucking stop. Because there was a moment where I was almost like, because even at the entrance, there was another two guys there two younger guys and then all the other lots not all but some of the other tables are older guys like doing business smoking cigarettes drinking coffee and so the you have two out in front two in here and all younger and i'm like mm, like my spidey senses are starting to tingle about the place but i'm like it, it looked like, like you know godfather two type stuff right, where right, guys right. are sitting around together you know going 
All right, so we're going to control this area, That's and right. you're going to hold that, and, and whatever. When we walked in, they were like, oh, the 5 O's here. Like, it was basically <laughs> but, but I'm like, I told the guests, I'm like, we got to go in at this point, because it's going to be really bad. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't just turn around. But we walked in, and we sat down, and the food was, like, incredible. And Marty, to his credit, ordered the steak tartare. Ooh, bold move. And, and raw was, meat. Well played, yeah. And raw egg. And, and it was not really, no, it wasn't a raw egg. It wasn't like how we would think it would be prepared. Mm, okay. Like kind of spicy and kind of pull, like a pulled steak kind of look. But Mark, wow. you describe it. You ate it. It was, it was in your good. Intestines. It was good. It was good. I mean, um, yeah, we had that with the bread that went with it. And oh, yeah, that's crazy. So they bring out, I'm a, I'm a guy who, one of my pet peeves is I do not like touching food. I'm a big fork and knife guy. Like French fries, I would rather eat French fries with a fork. I don't like touching greasy stuff. I'll go wash my hands. Sure. They're they're bringing out the tray of our food, and I'm looking desperately all over the tray for any kind of utensils or nope, nope. Just there's give no me utensils. A spoon. So what they do is nope. There's no spoon, Jason. No, they I know, I know. You, I'm, I, 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 these, I know what you're looking for. They give you these pancakey, like kind of mm-hmm. like bread pieces, and you're supposed to use those and scoop up the food. And I was like. Oh my god, I'm really outside my comfort zone. We'll power through. And the, and those pancakes were like really weird where they were like not like pancakes, but more like yeah, there I don't was know, like holes in them. There was air. Oh, yeah, holes yeah. In them, Ask like the holes in them. It was there was some name that of course Tyler knew that we didn't know, but so, so it's, it's not like a it it's not like a pita situation. No, not pita. Or like a it's, like a non No, no they were like more like they felt like Freaking uh, mushroom. Yeah, it's fluffier hmm. and wow. yeah, yeastier kind of. But, Interesting. Uh, but Tyler, Tyler assured us that this was all normal. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I just love that Marty's God like, bless him. he's like, yeah, I'll get the raw steak. Because I was like, <laughs> I was like, and the other funny thing is they serve like, uh, like spaghetti and like Parmesan because, of course, this area was an Italian wow. colony. So – and locals would come in, Eritreans would come in, and they would eat spaghetti or meatballs or the marinara. Yeah, they, they were literally come in, and they were ordering spaghetti and meatballs. Because initially, we're like, oh, we're not ordering that shit. But like, they're they're eating that because that's part of their cuisine, too. So, And it turned out later on that our waitress was actually uh, Somalian, or she was Ethiopian, not Eritrean, but she was trying to keep that down on the down low because there's apparently some kind of... Some tension. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they were very nice, and we went back there and ate like seven times. Wow. I mean, we went there a lot. That was It, we, it, it was amazing. The spices were hot. The the, the meat was raw. But everything was fresh. good. They, they had made samosas fresh there. It was incredible. And they had beer at 11 a.m. Like there you place. go. That's, that's right. what you need. And everyone else is drinking coffee. It's funny because they serve liquor. We were the only people there drinking. Like everyone else was drinking coffee and just kind of talking, so. But it was a great experience. I thought that was actually a good spot. And, and I, we, as we explored the food, it was all like pretty good. And I'm going to check that place out. So that that's my other thing with Marty that I did. Uh, I played a lot of Red Factories, uh, ASL. Obviously, that was my daytime game. That was the big game we were running. It was a gigantic combination of Red October and Red Barricades uh, with ASL. Um uh, and so for me on my side, it was basically on the other side, it was Pete Gade playing against uh, uh, Abe from Australia. 
And uh, for me, it was me playing against B-Mode or Medicine Man, and they would switch off. But, man, it was so good. Like, we had so much fun playing that, like, literally, as I'm leaving, like, we're saying as we're playing, we're like, this is so great. And then <laughs> leaving, I'm reading the rules, and then, like, we're still playing other scenarios. Like, like basically, all the guys were like, it was so good that even after we play, like, we want to play more. Like, we were not burned out at all. So... So I played the Soviets, and I was protecting, I think, I, I want to say it's the, I think it's the Red October side, whatever. It was the Hall 4, it was the big manufacturing halls. So some of the great moments were, because I'm going to describe these, because this is what kind of ASL is about. Uh, B-Mode drove a Stug down the middle of a road, and I had a hidden anti-tank gun that was basically just staring at it. And then he had another stug on the other side. And I'm like, oh, shit, he's got two of these stugs. And now what happens with this, the assault guns is they sit there and they start, your guys are in the buildings, but they start counting the building. And eventually they force you out because they're just shooting at it over and over again. So my one AT gun was basically, he it was hidden, so he didn't see where it was on the map. But I had it on an off map, like diagram. And it was lined up perfectly to hit the stug. So I'm like, oh my gosh, it's sitting there. It stopped. It's like shooting oblivious to this anti-tank gun. My anti-tank gun fires, fucking torches, blows up his fucking stug. And then I can do a, uh, what's called a uh, arc change. So I change arc to switch the gun, then to face the other stug, which was like totally on the other side. Because I, I had rolled a, uh, you have a, a roll you can make where you get your uh, your rate of fire back. So if you roll a D6, you're rolling two D6. If the colored D6 is a uh, one, I think, for the anti-tank gun, you get another shot. So basically, it's possible for an anti-tank gun to keep shooting and shooting and shooting. So it, it turned and did a wild-ass shot against his other stug. And it's modified ridiculously because it's had to switch in the middle of a building filled with rubble uh, two hex sides. So it's like almost impossible for me to hit them. But I rolled again on the, the rate dice a one. So now it's got it. Then the team rolled again and fucking torched the second stew. So it was kind of like these guys blasted this uh, German assault gun and then turned it, blasted, missed, and then rapidly tried to ram around in and just managed to kill the stook. So that was a cool story. So there was another good moment where uh, B-Mode moved a bunch of German troops into Hall 4, which is where the, the, the Martin ovens were. And this hall is a gigantic factory that stretches uh, like 20 hexes, except the hall, the ceiling has already been blown in by stukas. So the whole hall is filled with rubble. So I've got them shoved with like, I've got them shoved with like, uh, filled with infantry guns and infantry all, all hanging out over the rubble. And uh, as he's trying to push his guys in, I had secretly planted a demolition charge in one of the hexes. And as he had a big stack stand on it, I fucking pulled the plunger and blew all those guys to kingdom come and rubbled that hex. So I was excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, there was another great moment. Uh, Pete had a close combat where he had a leader in a German unit fighting a Soviet unit. So Abe, like any good Soviet, took his heavy machine gun and started firing into the close combat to kill everyone involved. <laughs> He He's broke, got plenty of guys to spare. He, he broke the Soviets and the Germans, and the only guy that wasn't broken was the leader. So then when the close combat resolved, the leader single-handedly slaughtered all the routing Soviets <laughs> as they were running away. And then finally we had one where 
Pete had a German hero that was running across. Steiner was running across the street with a demo charge, trying to set it, and was killed in the middle of the street, blown away while he was wounded and then fatally wounded while he was trying to get the demo charge there. So that's, that, that's ASL, right? Yeah, good that's, stories. that's basically yeah. the whole thing. So, so for us, it was the the red factories is fucking great. The the, the down the downside to what we did was Pete and I had misunderstood what the actual we were trying to do like a general overall scenario for it. Like we're going to do the whole campaign, so we misunderstood what the victory conditions were, which led to me putting too many guys in the Martin oven uh, halls. Uh, otherwise, there were things we could have done differently. But we had so much fun; it was great. I mean, everybody was really down. And it was really like a set piece for the for the con. Like it was like an anchor. People kept coming by and looking, and you know, because it was set up basically the whole time, right? Yeah, I mean, basically everybody leaving the game is like, we're gonna do that fucking again. Next yeah. I mean, like it was like that's what you want, right? Where you guys aren't burnt out, and and that tears me because and it took I also a fucking day to Axis, set it up, and everyone. I want to do Axis Empires. I want to do Axis Empires also. So I think we're gonna have to go to a week long convention. Let's see. Hey. Okay. See Sunday to Sunday. And we even started running out of. Counters, so we had uh, we had to use some of uh, Barnett's unclipped counters, not Jack Barnett, uh, but Jason Barnett. And so now we were calling unclipped counters Barnett's because we were like, "Hey, save those Barnett's," because we wanted to remember <laughs> which ones were his, and so we didn't clip them. So now basically, that's the guild lingo. Any unclipped counter is a Barnett. It's, a Barnett. it's funny because because Barnett has actually resisted that. He, I don't think he's a fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Which of course only encourages us. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the one of the other great things about the ASL game was we're playing, and of course we're playing with good dudes, right? Who are not going to fight over rules or any shit like that. But we had uh, Jeff Newell there, and we had Brian Roundhill there, and both of those guys were awesome because I could come up to them with any question we had about the rules, and they would be like, "Oh no, this is how you do it." But they're not like hanging over the table trying to tell us how to play. You know what I mean? Like. They knew the game and they were really helpful when it came to rule questions, but they weren't trying to like tell us what to do or it was a perfect combination. Like it just was a really nice thing to have a couple yeah. guys who could be like, no, here's how you handle that or super cool. Yeah, so that was, I, I would not want to honestly play it without Brian or Jeff there. <laughs> <because> there <laughs> were a lot of questions and uh, Delta green call of Cthulhu with Ralph. Yeah, Ralph had a homebrewed uh, game of Call of Cthulhu that we played in, which was pretty awesome. I enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. I got a Marty, couple notes. Marty, that... did you play in that? I did not. I okay. really want to get into that, the Call of Cthulhu stuff. Well, dude, if you can play with Ralph, that is the dude to fucking yeah, play Because he basically had a, a game that he a scenario that he'd invented and created on his own and had like pictures of people's houses and like he had you'd be like well i want these clues and he would like provide you with like clues like from google searches and really good yeah i was it was jason mitch came had, in as a substitute for matt i think at some point I, for mitch i think mitch had to step away no 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 mitch mitch was there mitch was there oh that's right i was sitting next to mitch yeah i think matt right. was the substitute that's right we ended up blowing ourselves up to kill off the uh, the Grady Eagle, which I think is. The <laughs> I got a couple notes that I was apparently incredibly drunk. That I no, no you were pretty drunk. It was good. <laughs> uh, 
Duck and I were kind of the party leaders, and we were decent, but then we started to get more drunk. Mitch was way drunker in the beginning, and then actually seemed to sober that's up towards the end. up a little bit, yeah. which is which I never can manage that. That's a that's a that's a good thing. Uh, I played Maria. I played Maria with B mode and Samer, which I really liked. Uh, I actually was kind of disappointed because I cut it off early because I thought we were going to do Rune Quest, but then the naval war game stretched too long. So what I've learned from this convention is I'm not going to do multiple events. Uh, I'm going to do a daytime event and an evening event, and that's it. I'm not going to do more than two events in a yep, day. That's what I did this year too, yeah, and it worked. Yeah, because for that one, I I, I ended up wishing because those guys never actually we never actually played Rune Quest because the, we, I had only two guys and. Uh, so we whatever we bullshit and had good time anyway but um i would have liked to play a little bit more maria but i'm not sold on maria's whole having the right suit for your fight thing like there, there were some cool moments in the game but i don't know i'm not convinced <laughs> there was a great moment where samur really felt like he had me and then he went light on me with like a like because it's kind of like a deal where you're you're trying to you're playing suits but you're trying to beat the other guy's points so when the other guy's up one, then you can play. It's it's similar to Seki Gahara, right? Where sure. the other guy there's like an really initiative. Up. So Samer had some really strong cards, but he went kind of soft on me. He only got me up one or up two for him. So I'm like, okay, I'm out. So I only took like one or two hits. I could see in his heart, he was like, oh, and I'm like, you had more shit, motherfucker. <laughs> like, I knew right away. Can you not pile on like you can in Seki Gahara? Like you, where you, you can, can really? You, you can, but he was kind of draw, trying to draw me in. Oh, so I see. He had better cards to play that then didn't get played because he was kind of, <laughs> he was kind of lure me in soft. And I'm like, I just slipped off the hook. <laughs> but great. it's similar to Seki Gahara in a way, but whatever. So uh, we're big Seki Gahara fans. So yeah. I don't, I don't, think, it, I don't <laughs> think it's the same quality as Seki Gahara. Sure. I really liked how the event cards play in. I really liked how you could kind of sometimes pick a card so someone else couldn't get it. Like there were, there were things where you would with Maria, there's like two event cards. So I think there were, there were times where you might really want this card, but you really didn't want your opponent to get this other card. Like that might make Italy angry towards Austria or whatever. And so you would, the, the card play I thought was kind of cool. So I'm still interested in the game. I think Maria has got some points. Uh, let's see. I think that might be it for my gaming there. So my, I, I, I've always had stories about going through Dallas, right? Where I always <laughs> get a hard yeah. time through the fucking effort. It went fine. I Good. didn't have any problems. Good. Everything had been going smoothly. I get to Burbank. I, 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 I was going to say, smooth. it's a butt. <laughs> Burbank smooth. I'm getting trying to get out of the airport parking lot, and I pull up, and there's two exit gates. And one is says, like, uh, like I don't know, like credit only. And the other one says, like, whatever it's open so i go to the open one the, the credit only has like four cars in it so i pull up and there's this old korean guy and i'm like hey how's it going i give my card he goes i want to tell you something i'm like all right he goes next time you use credit card you go to the other side i'm like uh well no there were like four cars over there so i'm not going over he goes no but this is cash you do that side for credit I'm like, can you take my, and they're on this, on the window, there's like five pictures of credit cards. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, here's my credit card. He's like, but you need, he's like, no, no, you need to listen to me. I'm like, all right, dude, like, uh, I gave you my card. Here's my card. He goes, that side's faster. I'm like, honestly, 
It's not faster. This side would be <laughs> this, faster if you would, would stop talking and just process up. my card. Like I said, the thing that's keeping this from being faster is you won't stop talking about it. Just process the card. He's like, but he's like, you need to understand. Like this side is better. That side. I'm like, there were four cars in that side. That <laughs> we, side is not faster be done than by this now. side. I'm like, yeah. So I said, I told him, I said, literally, literally, that's for you, duck. That was for you, literally. I'm like, if the only thing keeping this from being faster is that you won't stop talking, <laughs> like just Seriously. run the card. I'm like, I told them, I'm like, I'm not in the mood to hear you talking about what you think about. So he runs it and he's like, but still, you need to understand. Like he wanted to sit down and like give me a lecture about it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry that you want to sit in your booth and do nothing because like you're the cash booth, but like, yeah. so that was it. It was, I was just like, there had to be something. They couldn't just let me out. That's right. So Jason, let's hear about your uh, AC con. A lot of fun. Um, Matt and I traveled together, which was great because we hadn't really seen each other in a little while. Um, so flew in, had a couple drinks on the plane. We actually went out. Uh, what, what, were the, what were the plane drinks? Uh, what were the plane drinks? I do gin and tonic because I don't trust them for anything else. I think... Oh man, I don't, I don't even remember. I think he maybe he got a scotch and I got like a Bailey's and coffee kind of thing. I don't know. It was early, and this was a long time ago. At this point, I got a lot of drinks in the in the interim. But then that night, um, Matt and I went with Gersh and his lady friend to um, an arcade, and actually Brad was just there called Free Play. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Brad goes there all the time. <laughs> yeah, it, it was so much fun. It was like. It was decked out for Halloween, so it was all like Stranger Thing, Stranger Things themed. Like they had the, you know, like the the roots going through everywhere, and the 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 pictures and missing posters, and it was great. The food was yeah, actually yeah, really Gersh, good. Gersh, Gersh introduced me to his his lady friend, mm -hmm. and I think I would have been much more receptive if I had known he had a lady friend. But he basically just walks up and it's like, <laughs> "Hey, what's up?" And I'm like, I'm like, and she was kind of following behind him, and right. I was like. What's going is on? She, I'm like, is she with him? Like, I didn't know if she was even with him. And he's like, he's like, yeah, this is so and so. I'm like, yeah. but you know, I said, said to her, I'm like, you know why he's here, right? Like, Gersh was really ready to show her off to the whole oh, crowd. Okay, okay, hey, Marty, hey, Marty. We're not going to talk about that, Marty. That that Saturday oh, night, or, or at least we're we're not ready to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Saturday night. Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, that was it was fun, and I think that might be that might be a tradition. And then uh, not, not bringing women, right? No, like going to the, the okay. Good. That was that was special circumstances. Um, yeah, it was so good. I bought a T-shirt. Like it, it was great. And then uh, Thursday was uh, Silver Age Sentinels. We played up up in the. The medicine man conference room yeah so i mean what do you think i mean first it was there's, it's it's hard to find superheroes games that play quick and, and, and like, it was great because like it not having to worry about the character you know you just pass it out we got to kind of play around with these yeah these i guess you throw and, the character at you and i'm like here's and, who you are and we were part of the second group so there had kind of been some you know inside jokes created already and it it, it was it was so much fun and yeah playing in the hotel was was great because we could you know, we we knew the terrain without having to have a map. You know, was, yeah, that was. I thought that was, was nice. Yeah. That was good. It was fun. Good, some some good. You know, laugh out loud moments, and 
inside drinking and then uh, got together with a group of the guys and played a couple light train games that night. Uh, Lawrence brought uh, Locomotive Works and we played Northern Pacific. Is Age of, of Steam is Age of Steam light? No. See, it's I'm quick. But I it's have not it, but light. I'm trying to get my kids to play. They're not interested at all. Uh, they they might get it. Like it's 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 a hard game to play well, I think, but the, but they could get through it. It's see, my eldest is like, I want you to play co-op with Stardew Valley with me. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do that if you play Age <laughs> of Steam with me at the dining room table. I'm like, now you know how I feel. There's a vassal module for Age of Steam. Yeah, but I don't. I'm, yeah, I'm looking. I'm I have the I have the nice physical mm -hmm. copy that I want to play. So I do like that art. And we should figure out. To, my wife tried to play a little bit with me, like the two-player one where you're on an island. It, was mm -hmm. it wasn't. It wasn't. Good. <laughs> it's, she, it's I a mean, weird game. To her credit, she tried to play it. I think you need to God play bless. like one where you're shipping. You have the factories or whatever the production. Yeah, more out. more stuff going on. Yeah. yeah, we could play next year, and then. Uh, uh, third. Well, let me see. Saturday, Friday, Thursday was our big 18xx game. Um, played 18 max. A lot of fun. Who won? Who was the winner? Uh, Rex. Finally. Now he won last year. No, he I won thought, two years Samuel ago. Samuel won last year. Rex won two years ago. Have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's one of the highlights. Of, I mean, the the con itself, but but playing with that group in person is, is fun uh it's entertaining for me just sitting there i know and we, we love having you over because we're, we're <laughs> and i like the questions you know you're 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 grokking i sometimes i'm attention. asking questions and sometimes i'm just like pointing out like insulting people with my questions <laughs> which is which is part of the fun uh saturday <laughs> saturday ralph and i played uh hearts and minds and we had we had prepped you know, we had played on Vassal a few a few turns to prep to kind of get us back in the back in the mood to play Hearts and Minds, and then he auto victoried me in turn one. Yeah. So what happened <laughs> there? Um, he, like, what would you do differently, Jason? <laughs> everything apparently. Um, I I tried to get fancy, and he had the the right cards, and he's played like you know fifty times, and he just kicked my ass. Like he he. He got around everywhere he needed to be, and then he had like a, an interface card that just it, it created a coup and gave him the the the, the dove points he needed to win. But the, in itself, it was great to just see that happen. It sucks that it happened to me, but but it was pretty incredible. Hey, it's nice to know that it, you, <laughs> it, you, but, you said, hey, hey, it can happen. It can there happen. You throw it out there. Yeah. Uh, and then I jumped in on Rex's uh, Fear God and Dreadnought uh, miniatures game. Yeah, it's a game that killed my RuneQuest game. It is, yeah. because It, it slew it. It slew it like a dragon slayer. <laughs> um, a lot of fun, though. That that system was, was cool. And I just kind of I, it was great. What for did me. you play? Did you have a little ship? I had a ship. I can't remember what it was called at this point. But Marty, did you play in that one too? You had a ship in that one, didn't you? Did um, I don't remember which one, but uh, it was like it was like a cruiser, a destroyer, or what? It was a cruiser. All the cruisers were there. It was, it was good. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, and you know, having basically three referees at the table, you know, Rex was running it, but but Pete and Ralph were were available for questions. So I just I could drink and 
basically push a ship around and then shoot at stuff. It was a perfect miniatures situation for me. And yeah, then there were some hot rollers table too. I heard Ralph was a hot roller. Of course. Oh, was Ralph was, was yeah. amazing on rolling. But uh, yeah, Rex was, Rex was like running great. Die, right? So you're rolling like lows, you want like zero fours and stuff like that. Yeah. And Ralph was all about that. Anything with it, Ralph was like below 20. Did you guys take a close look at the dice he was rolling? So. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think about that. Yeah. He needs to use those dice with like the ducks in them. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Saturday, uh, Paul and I played Liberty Roads. We played the. That's we, right. Good. We good played call, the campaign. Um, and these are the games we're going to play regularly when we're retired. Yeah, like, fuck yeah. We're retired. And, and and it was great. Like because we talk about these games. And and Paul was like, yeah, you know, he said it's great, but but I want to play it. And as we're playing, he's like, this game's fucking great. I'm like, yes, it's, great. it's, great. it's fucking great. And people would come by, like that game's fucking great, right? Like, yes, that game's fucking great. Oh, Vic, Vic, Victory Roads is good. I think Victory Roads took some of the thunder away from Liberty Roads, right? So Victory Roads is okay. It's like an East Front game. Yeah, um, I haven't by some played have- it. It it's 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 good, but it doesn't have the same magic that Liberty. Uh, there's something about that game that's just like Dude, launching so the D-Day invasion is fucking. Yeah. No game launches a better fucking D-Day invasion. And so because of that, so I had Ralph play the or had Paul play the the allies, so that he could do that, and he got to you know fuck around with when and where to land, and that you know brings so much. That's right. And then it just right. <clears throat> the whole situation is different because the landings are different. Um, I love it when people try different landings. It's so you're like good. you're like, yeah, that's why they landed. <laughs> yeah, landed. and so. that, you know, and that's where you always land is that like, oh yeah, they they kind of you know they were planning for 16 months, and I I just kind of took a shot in the dark and trying something new. So has anybody work has one with the alternate landing sites other than Normandy? No, people have. I'm but, sure. Uh, yeah, I think people it's have. Hard. But not like some people have tried to land in like Dieppe, that area up there, like on Brussels, and which that's not that they get closed off pretty quick. But I think there's there's been successful landing sites near Normandy, like either south. Of, I think south of it has been successful. Yeah, like on the on the west coast. But, right. So Paul so, kind of brought some in. He brought like half the force in at the the D Day beaches, but then brought half down all the way south. The problem is the further you get away from England, the less support you have. For, for, and it's just so hard to get get guys up. I tried, like I tried landing in Amsterdam one time. I think when when Doug and I were playing, and your your guys land really well, and they get there, but then <laughs> they can bottle them up. But then they just they're just stuck. So yeah. well, the terrain is so such bad cool, though up there. Such a cool game. Yeah, it's good. And it's so playable. We got through. I don't know almost the full campaign like you know three quarters of it at least in you know six hours it just so playable so much fun that 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 was that was great to do and everyone yeah, who the, came the by break, just... the breakout the breakout's not as important and and the counters look great the map looks great when well, yeah when i walked up i'm like fucking liberty roads like yes way to go <laughs> this is awesome i love watching you guys guild, play that. guild classic and you know it's yeah. it's easy to play because there's not huge stacks of stuff it's just you know, one shit per division. The only part, the, te- the technical part is like the plane of the little tactical counters and then the adjustments you make on the CRT. That's yep. it, right? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of fun. And then uh, fucking Saturday night, 
Marty broke out the. I I was good. About like the I, radioactive. I, waste. I was I was steady drinking. Did you, I was, Marty? I was what nice was up in your radioactive waste? Yeah, radio. Uh, new waste. New waste. New waste. New waste. It was like a Midori sour, bright green, and I was drinking that. And then he bought fucking Taco Bell, and that destroyed me. I almost well. Well, there was multiple. Was there multiple Taco Bell orders, or was it one that just kept coming in in waves? <laughs> Marty like would Normandy. have to answer that. Like, like it was like Marty's Taco Bell order was landing at the beaches of AACCon <laughs> in waves. So, I ordered like one order of Taco Bell, but it ended up coming in in yeah, like two waves. Smart. And I always you know, keep the I've, Taco Bell tanks in the second wave. I felt <laughs> it was brutal. The burritos come in on the second wave. I felt like it was like I'm being the troublemaker here because I'm in. Uh, no, you employed. definitely weren't the troublemaker. We knew who the troublemaker was, <laughs> but I kept everyone <laughs> fed enough to yes. keep the trouble going. Which oh no, I appreciate. I ate some I, tacos. Uh, I did too, and I, I paid for it. Like my the indigestion the next day was. Oh really? Yeah. Oh okay. man, because I don't I don't eat that kind of food, but I but I. The the nuclear waste kind of it, it got me. I was I don't even know that I was hung over the next day. I was still drunk getting on the plane and slept the whole way back to Phoenix. Like I was I, I was decent, uh, <laughs> but I, but I I did run. We did run bedtime patrol on Gersh. We so did we did. But Matt and I were at the at the airport in line for for Starbucks, <laughs> and I said, I don't know if I need to shit myself or puke, and I didn't do either. Thankfully. But I got my coffee, got on the plane, hydrated a little bit, and slept that that nuclear waste stuff. That was yeah. There, there was a moment with Gersh where I basically just said, "All right." He, he's like, he's like, he's like, I don't want to leave. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I said, just stop talking. I'm like, if you say anything else, you're out of here. And so he's like, okay. So he starts talking. I'm like, that's it. You're out of here. So we just grabbed him and took him upstairs. Gersh, and, and it was, Gersh was over the top. It was. He, it was we needed to hold Gersh to a. Standard, and he needed to go to bed. Yeah, Gersh, Gersh went to bed. He was good. He's a good boy. He laid down. We he had laid down. Some, I'm like, I, we had conversations where I'm like, dude, you're gonna be so much happier in the morning that we put you to bed. <laughs> you're gonna be really glad. So Gersh was, he was fine. He was, he resisted because he's like, I don't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I get it, dude. I, I love you too, but you have to go to bed. <laughs> And he wanted to share all of his photos, <laughs> all of us. I know we all saw photos. That's it. That's good that's stuff. That, that's all that's the, good that we stuff. need to talk about. That. Uh, so, so the, anything else, Jason, about AAC Con? Or I think that was it. That's that's what I did. That was state of the podcast. You made me do state of the podcast. Well, the no. So I realized what happens because we we like we don't play anything during the convention, and so. I think naturally by Saturday we just I'm, I'm playing I'm no, playing with a each lot other of stuff. with each other. Oh, I see. I see. So it's like, our, our time to hang out. Like Saturday, we just sit down, and then people start gathering around as we're bullshitting, and then it turns into state of the podcast. That's right. It was organic. So we, we told some good stories. It was well, good. I, I'm trying to think what those good stories. I told a murder story, and then uh, I think we told an. an I don't know, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. Who knows? I don't remember much. I, I guess you got to be there. So that's right. Whatever. That's the whole idea. Right. And I so, paid for uh, If you are part of the podcast, you have to be there. Yep. 
Yeah, that's right. You can't hear what about happens it there, stays there. But dude, when we were done and I saw it, it was like four in the fucking morning. And I was like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Like I was so pissed. Yeah. yeah. And that was room like, was trashed. Oh yeah. Okay. So another thing I'm going to say. Just, oh yeah. Here I'm going to put this out. This is a guild. Yes. Let's make this a guild this Amber a alert message. Yeah. Everyone's cell phone should start alerting them. Yeah. Clean your shit up. Please. Because we're adults. The, the, the venue was guys would be like, uh, like I'm done with this beer bottle. I'm just going to drop this on the floor or piece of pizza on the floor or whatever. Guys need to start cleaning up their stuff. Like I even noticed with our ASL table because we were behind the Here I Stand guys, not to point fingers at the Here I Stand guys. <laughs> but I, I went back and there were like fucking like 20 empty glasses on the ASL table. I'm like, just take them over to, to the bar where, or the or where, where the trash cans are. So guys need to stop being pigs because John didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. But at some point we had to go around and be like, hey, pick this shit up, clean this shit up. Hide your booze. I don't want to spend a fucking war game. Like, really? I don't want to do that. So. I'll accept responsibility for the Taco Bell run because there was a lot of Taco Bell <laughs> there was no, no, arriving. The, the Taco Bell was not, this was before. That wasn't the problem. But you guys want to argue with me about this taco sitting there. I'm like, it, the, the funniest was I got in an argument with Kev Sharp where I'm like, whose fucking thing is this? There was like a piece of food just sitting on the table. I'm like, what is this? And he's like, well, I guess it belonged to Johan. So he's like, well, that's, I'm like, well, why is it there? Like, I'm trying to, I don't want to throw somebody's food away, but I'm like, and so he starts arguing with me about whether or not we should move it. The best of us, Al then just picks it up and grabs it and throws it in the trash. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Like, Al, while we're Al's arguing. Shit. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I got a solution for this. <laughs> and Johan, of course, didn't give a shit. But Kev's probably just trying to give me crap. But I'm running around trying to, like, <laughs> run this place. Which is not what I want to be doing, by the way, at a convention. That's right. At this point in my podcasting career. That's why Medicine Man be, gets the gets the conference I should, room. I should be sitting back on my throne and just enjoying <laughs> wargaming. Having my having my, cotton balls my, in your cheeks and my nubile slaves on right. my counters yeah. and various tables. Mm-hmm. I, I say God croupier. bless Medicine Man, but croupier. but we've earned our position with what we do at night. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, you mean from the hotel, or what? Oh yeah, what we do at night is, you know, we if you don't support, we're gonna fucking do what we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where Marty's going with this. <laughs> Marty, where are you going with this? I don't know. Where we're gonna eat, what we're gonna drink, what we're gonna do. Well, that, that's why the best thing about the current hotel we have is they do not care what we do. Well, I mean, they have to protect their I mean, their licenses, but no, no, I get they it. leave I get us it, alone. They're, yeah. they're pretty loose. Right? Yeah, uh, the other one was they get it, really and we spent a lot of fucking money there. The, the other one was literally outside filming through windows, us trying to drink alcohol, bring yes. alcohol in. This hotel is like not interested in that. Yeah, and so, they'll just like yeah. So we have Put some venues away. we're looking at, but I, I'm inclined. I, I get that the food at the restaurant is the restaurant's not great. Um, the food options, though. Hey, Eritrean. Yeah, maybe there you start go. enjoying yeah. some Eritrean food. Maybe we Branch need to out. sign a contract with the Eritrean restaurant because <laughs> the samosas they made were fucking incredible, dude. And wow, 
handmade. So, so it was a great convention, very successful. Yes. I think everyone enjoyed themselves. Uh, Marty was a guest. Marty, did you have a good time? I think Marty so. Probably, Marty went to the bathroom. Okay. Um, yeah. So, anyway, so uh, how you how you getting towards Christmas, Jason? You doing well? I'm good, man. I <laughs> God bless my wife. She takes care of almost everything. Are all the lights set up? You have lights up? Oh yeah, I do that the day after Thanksgiving every year. Fucker. And we guys like you make guys like me look bad. Fuck yeah. And we I just we have yesterday, an agreement. I put yesterday I put up the stupid lights and spray lights onto my house. Yeah. You know that got those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got those too. Yeah. We got the we got I, the icicles and the big bulbs. Nope. I'm not hanging. I have icicles and big bulbs. I'm not hanging any lights this year. Oh, I love it. I love it. And so we have a compromise. When we moved in this house, the first Christmas. Like it was, we were fighting. We had the kids the day after Thanksgiving. We're setting everything up. Everyone's decorating, but everyone's trying to do everything at the same time. And I don't like, I get fucking grumpy. Wow, this does not happen in my house. Because I get I so play. grumpy. My wife takes the role. <laughs> and so that's what we did. I said, okay, I don't give a shit what happens inside. You care. You're not getting up on that fucking roof. So I'm going to go do that. Do you get on the roof to do them? Oh yeah, you do. You do second level lights. Yeah. Oh fuck that. I'm yeah. Not so so basically, first thing that Friday morning, I get out. I pull everything out of the garage, put it in the living room for her to do the inside stuff. I get my outside lights, crack a beer, and then I spend you know way too much time putting up the outside lights. And that's that's my that's my Friday duty. And then I'll put the empty tubs back in the garage. House looks but great. If you have deadlights, you have deadlights. I I had a lot of deadlights this year. Yeah, so I you know I plug them in and do the in and out and check and oh you you don't have the gun so you plug the gun in there and zap it no what's the gun there's a gun that'll zap it so then that light won't deadlight all the other lights ah I need to I need to find that gun I'm going to use our Amazon link to buy that gun yeah so otherwise I I tried to do the things where you try to place the fuses yeah and the thing ugh. (laughs) <laughs> has never worked. Yeah, yeah, I'm inspecting each light bulb and all the good stuff. Yeah. But that's all I have to do that day. I don't have to fuck with the inside, so I'm I'm happy to spend my day outside doing that. Yeah, and you know I'm we're bad. in Phoenix, so it's maybe fifty degrees. So yeah, I haven't done any of that stuff. I have I just have these sprayers, the things that like basically show like the sand. projector, right? I have the snowman and the yeah. the. Sp- the the snowflake going across my and I put that up like two days ago. So I'm really. When do you guys put your tree up? The tree was up. Well, well, the okay. So here's the big thing. We had the Nutcracker. So the Nutcracker for us is like the Super Bowl for any other family because we have dancing <laughs> girls, right? You do have dancing girls. So my youngest, basically, what what happened with the Nutcracker was my youngest. She belongs to a dance studio. And my oldest used to dance there too. But after a while, she was like, yeah, I'm not into it. So the youngest was a great soccer player, great dancer. And then at some point she's like, no, daddy, I just want to do dancing. I don't want to play soccer. I'm like, really? Because in your first season, you were an all-star. and you." Were... She's like, nope, dance. So she's doing dance. But now you don't have the ref. Right. But it's harder to keep score. Harder <laughs> to keep score. What's going on dance? <laughs> so Who's winning? So she goes and uh, 
she tries out for the roles and they every year they have the nutcracker so the nutcracker this studio is probably about 500 students it's a big studio and um and they bring in trainers from dancing with the stars and they do all this stuff for the kids wow because it's la right so um so she's up as a she is 11 so she's up for and i'm not going to test your knowledge of the nutcracker here Jason, thank you i she, appreciate she's that she's up for fritz who is the uh brother of clara clara okay. is the star of the nutcracker clara is the one who gets the nutcracker from her uncle at the party and that turns into the whole thing where then she goes to the land of the sweets and sees all the stuff so um she's trying out for fritz so she tries out and they bring in outside judges from these other dance studios and Hollywood. And so the results come back from the outside judges and they're like, no, she's Clara. So my wife and my daughter tell me this at three in the morning because they're screaming and crying because they've just seen the results and they wake me up and they're like, she's got Clara. She's got Clara. And I'm like, my first thought for my wife was, you are so fucked. <laughs> like, like, you just got a role. The kid got a role way ahead of what anybody else was supposed to get. So once the re the, the reverberations of that choice went through the studio, um, you have a sixth grader who basically got this really young role, which seventh and eighth graders were usually used to getting. So the idea was you could be Clara once. So each year, one girl from a year would be Clara one girl from the eighth grade would normally be Clara and she would act it out. Now suddenly you have a sixth grader who's gotten the role. So all those eighth graders are like, fuck you. What the fuck? Yeah. All those moms are like, who the fuck is kid? One, because I knew right away that this was going to be a big problem. And so suddenly my young little girl has this role and all these older girls and their moms are super pissed. Because basically, if eighth graders miss Clara, you miss it. You're not getting it. Again. Right. No one's going to be Clara. No one wants a 14-year-old Clara. So I was like, Monica, this is going to be really bad. Like, uh, like they're going to be pissed. But I got to say, my little one, she went up there and she worked. And she was dancing Monday through Friday after school, probably 20 hours, 20 hours a week. Holy cow. A after school. Right. So, um. And she she just recently, the last weekend, did Saturday two performances, Sunday two performances as Clara, and completely knocked it out of the park. One dad turned to me and said, we were sitting behind him, he turned to me and said, is your daughter Clara? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I've sat through 20 goddamn nutcrackers. He goes, I never understood what the hell the nutcracker is about until I saw your daughter wow. on stage. Because Jeez. my daughter is very, she's got a lot of like emotional expressions. Like she's very good. She's a good actress. So when she's out there, she's acting. So we'll see. That's she super did, cool. The kid did incredible, but it's like we are like so done and burned out from that whole experience. <laughs> but going to recuperate over the, over the break. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude, they, they had like a, they did it down at Cal State Northridge. They rented out their uh, theater. They had a red carpet Saturday night, Sunday night that she had to be at. It was wow. crazy. I don't know that I've ever seen the Nutcracker. I'm, I'm not very uh, I will send, culturally I'll send versed. You, I'm going to send, dude, I never liked the Nutcracker. I've been to so many. And I, I like usually, stuff like that. They're usually very boring. Um, 
But having seen the one that this kid did, my kid, it was incredible. And yeah, that's cool. If you watched it, you would realize like there's like 40 songs that you know, tunes sure. that you know, yeah. that are from that Tchaikovsky. It's like Tchaikovsky's greatest ballet he ever did. So that's it, boys. Here's some hardcore war gaming. <laughs> Let's get into it. Dave. Dave's <laughs> But that was it. So that's that's been like our our that's been gigantic December. focus. Yeah. Like right, like we've been all zeroed in on that and doing all that stuff. So, do you go all out for Monica with gifts and stuff? I here's what I got her. I got okay. her a. Uh, what did I get her? I got her a. Uh, right, I get her some stuff that she needs. God, I have a yeah, I, I I pulled that this year too. Like she likes William Sonoma and she's like likes yeah. cooking, so I got her like a bunch of metals, like stainless steel me measuring cups from William Sonoma to replace because I saw that they were all wearing off the plastic ones we had, and I got her some like stirs and oh the other thing I got her was a uh, gigantic organizer for the back of her Ford Explorer. Nice. Because the other argument would be that the thing I got her for this year was her fucking Ford Explorer, which is a brand new truck. <laughs> And I'm still, by the way, boys, I'm still fucking driving the same truck that I drove when we got married, a 2002 Ford Explorer. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's 18 years old, brother. That's crazy. <laughs> well done. So yeah, I, I ended do? up doing how, that how same do thing. Shop? Like I, So usually I'll get like one big gift um, and then a bunch of small stuff and like you know in her stocking i basically stuff it full of cans of rosé and shit like that um but this cans you can get a can of rosé oh fuck yeah you can oh, I, I buy them in four packs for wow um and you know chocolate and stuff like that but so this year she was like yeah i don't want anything big because last year it was the um the disneyland tickets the annual passes like that was basically for all of us but it was really for her and she you know i'm sorry you broke up you get her like some kind of disney gift that no the disneyland passes the annual okay. passes <clears throat> so that was like you know the the big thing yeah you're like i pay for this every year so <laughs> right. this is your christmas present this is the, we're gonna roll it into this I, can i but, use that for the mortgage <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately no but this year she was like i don't i don't want to do anything big so it's just a bunch of like again, like a cookbook and some, you know, makeup stuff that she was like, ah, you know, I'm almost out of this. So it's kind of boring, but we're, we're kind of taking it light this year. You're getting um, older too. Yeah. You're getting older. Yeah. You're like, I'm Which taking that fine. pussy for granted. You know, I've earned it. I've earned that right. Mar Marty, what are you doing for Christmas? Did you get any pre presents for your lady? Well, my, my wife is going to Kansas City by herself to visit her sisters, and my daughter is going to um, L.A. with her boyfriend. So I'm just going to be hanging out with my son and my father. Oh, wow. nice. So what are you guys doing? Nice. Are you guys going to have, like, some dinner or something? I'll make a ham or something? I'm going to do some lamb. Oh, nice. that's classy. Do you just roast it? Man, lamb. I haven't had lamb in forever. I'm going to go with some lamb with some mint and a few other things, but uh, I'm going to tie it in with one of my uh, uh, fellow employees. 
So this is a technique I've been using lately. I don't know if you guys do this, but like when it comes down to the kids, like I do the, I have to, I'm usually the one that has to set up the Amazon wish list for our kids. And then I send it out. And then my mom will try to buy like the first 40 things on the list. I'm like, Jesus it's Christ. not about you just buy, stop buying all this Knock shit. It off. Like, I'm one like, thing. It's for everyone. Yeah. One thing, like we want to buy some shit for them too. And like my mom doesn't get that part, but my mom is also like, uh, you know, it's just like when we're running through all this money and we're going to buy all these presents for these kids, it's like she just doesn't get that. Like you can't buy every single present for the kids. So it's like she'll drain every single present off the list. <laughs> That's diabolic. But the, the secret is this. I've realized sometimes I have pre-orders show up from GMT and I can see them and I don't remember what they are. So I've started telling my wife, wrap this up as a Christmas present yep. for me. <laughs> I have no idea I've, what it is. I've had two right now that came in. I'm like, I, hell yeah. I, know, I think one might be a next war supplement. I'm not sure. But the other one, I'm like, I have no fucking God. I have That's no awesome. idea what this game is. But if I see GMT sales, I just put it up and my yeah. wife will wrap it up. I like that. You know what we did this year was we bought everybody like the uh, 23andMe because my daughter is super, I don't know. Like she's, you know, she's 17. She's about to be an adult. She's, she wants, and, there's half of my side of the family that we don't know anything about. So she's super interested in like her, not like oh, for the, not, an, like ancestry type stuff. Yeah. It's not, not genealogy, but like, you know, DNA, like, you know, what are we prone to? What are the, and she wants to be a nurse. So like all the, you know, is there any uh, predilection toward disease and stuff like that? So she was right. like, Oh yeah, it's good. She's been talking all year. Oh, I want to do this 23 and me. So yeah, we got the whole, I think that's a good, I think we did the health thing and the ancestry one. So yeah, it's, you know, Dude, dude, ancestry.com is is a great thing to fuck around with when day drinking too. By the way, like, you see, yeah. I, I don't know, but I, I don't want to like, I don't want to fuck someone else's life up because you know they have to go confront their dad about, hey, who's this guy we don't know about? That's our brother. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> who knew? Who knew the Mormons were so wild? Well, um, we did, we did ours, and we I was able to go back to like fifteen thirty. On Jesus, our side cool, of the family, man. but oh, I call um, bullshit on it, Marty. They didn't even have submarines back then. <laughs> no, but we did. You know, hey, we were part of the the German side of the family, and they kept meticulous records. Early adopters, okay. Early adopters, I'll accept that. <laughs> That's super cool. And then I can call bullshit on all the my like my stepdad growing up, and and at the time I thought he was my dad. But he would tell us like the you most. Have such a complicated life. So, your life yeah, is so much more up. complicated. It's like my up. life is complicated too, but your life is even more yeah. complicated than mine. No, it's crazy. But he would tell us like the most ridiculous shit about the people we're related to, and so like I, I, part of it for me is like I'm not interested because of that. But I think. Are you telling getting... me my Jesse James table might not be my Jesse James table? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. But he told like. Sir Francis Drake, my my stepfather, swore up and down because we lived in San Francisco. He did a social studies report on that guy, and he was, you know, oh, we're religious, Francis Drake. I'm like, ah, eh. and then you know, I told my teacher, of course, because I'm super proud, and she's like, yeah, that that's probably not true. Your your stepdad's full well, of shit. That's a really bold so, teacher. It, it'll now be interesting. Be like, now they'd be like, yeah, it's oh, true. If that's you, so only if you believe, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you believe in it. So, uh, hey, Jason, do you have Trader Joe's? Trader Joe's out We by do. You? Wow. 
Have you noticed this tendency? Like I go out there because it's now I'm a big beet juice buyer because I'm trying to always get my cure light wins. <laughs> That's what I, you know what? I was, I was by a Trader Joe's yesterday and I was like, I, there's something there I that beet, I wanted to get. Beet juice, juice with juice lemon. You told me about beet juice with lemon. I like it. Uh, I got to say Trader Joe's shoppers are the most fucking annoying shoppers. Like they're oh, yeah. the only people. Yeah. And the fucking narrow ass aisles. Yeah. Why would they, why will they take their carts? They think it's okay if you're shopping to take your cart and push it along the fucking like, <laughs> like vegetable display. Like, like get away. I park my cart away in a stage and then I walk over to yep. shop for vegetables. Yeah. They push all their shit along the fucking thing. It's like bizarre. I don't know what it is. It's, it's the same, a Trader Joe's thing, thing, right? I've yeah. never seen it. Yeah. And there's Marty, no room. do you guys have Trader Joe's? It's like, congratulations. You've extended your obstruction to me from <laughs> your normal size to four times your normal size. Because yeah, now there's this gigantic car in front of you. We do have the Trader Joe's, and they are so specific when they, when they buy whatever they're doing. I know. I get so angry when I go there that I just I can only go in, get my beet juice, and leave. Do you buy I your booze there? there? Their booze is pretty good. No, pretty cheap. I don't buy it. No, I don't buy it. Just Kirkland. I won't, su- Kirkland I won't support their, their model. It's too crowded. Kirkland, Kirkland is the, the way to buy booze. It is. Too, yeah. too, too many hippies. Is good too. too many hippies. Class action lawsuit on the uh, the hangovers for Kirkland booze, though. There's gonna, that's coming. There's got to be a class action lawsuit for that. Kirkland, be. Kirkland booze, massive hangovers. Oh, have you noticed... Is it is it worse on that side? I think so. Yeah, wow. I've I've had I had some Kirkland uh, vodka that I was running on Bloody Marys. I always felt like afterwards I was like, ooh, rough. Ooh, little residuals. You got to go Tito's, man. Rough. Yeah, I know, but fuck, we're in Costco. Like, if my, hey, Costco's buy, <laughs> if my wife's gonna buy booze, I'm not gonna complain. That's every other bottle of booze I bring in, I have to like, yeah. sneak it in the you house. Stink eye. Yeah, I'm sneaking in like the fucking underground railway. Yeah, I I went through a bottle of tequila last weekend, and so this week, my wife's you know getting her her list together to go shopping tomorrow. She's like, "What do you need?" I said, "I just need tequila." She's like, "I just fucking bought tequila last weekend." I'm like, yeah, and I fucking drink it all. We need more tequila, and she. So then today I just went and bought more tequila. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> I, got, what. I got around it. Well, that, my wife knows it's weird when it's a Sunday and I'm like, hey, do you need any like stamps or anything? Or do you need anything from the right. pharmacy? Do you need ice? Any, yeah. She's like, I'm going you're to looking CBS. to leave the house. She's like, somebody must be out of booze. <laughs> yeah, I'm don't like, judge no, me. no, I want to just, I'm going to do a run. <laughs> like, Kids, anybody want fried chicken from Albertson? <laughs> <laughs> what you do is you get the bottle of booze, but then you get like whatever flowers are on sale and you bring those home oh yeah that's yeah, yeah. That pro move so the other thing i want to talk about is uh can we talk about bruce garrick's fuck off moment we can i haven't heard i i yeah, yeah. yes all right so marty i'll introduce this you want to, I'll, I'll introduce this one so basically uh bruce garrick who does the uh, wild weasels big fan podcast, of our show and by the way, this is what we call a segue in our podcast. Like this is a segue. So pro move, pro um, move. So basically, uh, wild weasels that Bruce had, had criticized Marco Nardo because he, you know, like basically, uh, he didn't like the fact that war games were getting more complex. He had a basically a video that he'd posted criticizing it and saying that uh, basically we were we were basically aging ourselves out and that we weren't going to get any young gamers. And so Bruce Garrick rightly basically was like, at the end, like, fuck off. 
dude, like you're wrong. Like it's fucking not true. Uh, I thought it was really funny that it was Bruce Garrick who did it. Uh, <laughs> and, so and, I think and, we can celebrate because we. I, I think we should because like Marco or or not like he's not in any circles that I would you know come across. I I don't pay attention to people like that. But that that whole sentiment is just fucking bullshit. Yeah, and yeah, I won't get into it because I've already gotten in trouble for which, of course, because we're such a widely publicized podcast. I've already, I'm sorry, Bruce, beat you to the punch. I've already criticized Marco. <laughs> We've been there. We've been there. <laughs> and and we had a a intermediary host, Keith, who got really upset with it. Uh, yeah. But I'm not a big fan of any of Marco's posts because it, they're, they're actually very hard for me to understand. And I don't think that's wrong for me to say. Like the things he talks about, and he's, he's into Euro games and all that stuff. Who cares? So I thought it was funny, though. Yeah, it, was, it, it, it was actually yeah. Garrick that yeah, came out and hammered him for it. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. After all these years. So, so we're addressing it. We're not going to ignore it. Uh, welcome. Uh, <laughs> Wild yeah. weasel into the renegade yeah, but class now, of podcast. Now dice hate me is isn't gonna like your podcast anymore because you because you swore because swearing is bad and shame oh. on shame on you. That's right. Who's dice hate me? I don't know. Who that is. Um, what was the name of that pod? Yeah, dice hate me was the name of the podcast. Really? Who? Yeah, like finger wagged at us for swearing. Oh no no that was uh, I've been diced. I've been diced. Where, where did you get dice, dice hate, me? hate me? Fucking it's same I've thing. Been diced. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm more sober than Jason. Congratulations! I win. I win. Congratulations! All right. So, uh, so Marty, what what games you played recently after the convention? Anything? Did we have Duck here for a second? Not, not a whole lot since the the convention. Um, I've been mostly playing online, and. Um, so, but I've got come uh, coming up is uh, Magic Realm. Oh, nice! Oh, wow. Who are you playing that with? That'll be hosted by Ralph. Very nice. Is he going to wear a cape? Oh, God, I hope so. It's still going to be sh- some weird short. So, so Marty, Marty, floral, at this, floral Marty, print shorts. Marty, at this point, are you feeling pretty fucked up, Marty? Really fucked up. Thank you. All right. So, do you want to rally a little bit? We'll, we'll let you, we'll let you fade a little bit. And you, do, do you want to do a review or you want to just hang out? I'm here. I can do a, re- a review. Okay, okay. All right. So, we'll let you, we'll let you kind of hang yeah, out yeah. and, uh, and do the review. Um, so, uh, Jason, what you got? What have you been playing? Um, Doug and I are playing the Korean War on Vassal. Oh, which, nice! The original, yeah, yeah. Victory Games, yeah. So, yeah. so how's that feel? What, what's? It's good. We're early. We're in, I think, turn two. Can you find a game that you think that is adjacent to? What do you mean? Like, like what? What game is it similar to? The Korean War. Yeah, the Korean War. It's not like when you say Korean War, I'm, I think OCS Korea. No, so, we're playing the Victory Games. It's Korean not that War. one, right? So, um, so what's it similar to? Is it uh, activation shits or no? Like, um, what is it? It 
Did I? Because I, I thought I talked about paying. this. Hey, by the way, this is going to be the year of Korean War gaming. Uh, I, I was trying to make nineteen the year of Korean War gaming. That didn't didn't work out super well for me. Uh, the, well, the war started in nineteen fifty, right? Yeah. So why would that's we true. start in nineteen forty nine? That's fair. That's fair. We can. I yeah. I can do it all over again next year. Um. Did I not? T- I, th- I felt like I talked about it on the last episode, and that's why Doug and I were playing. Maybe I, I, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. No. Uh, like, so, if you don't want to tell me about the game. All right, so tell me how your game's going. I'll tell so you about Jason, the game. I'll tell Jason, you about Tell game. me how the game's going. So so it's not an activation, and it's 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 I go, you go, but basically at the beginning uh, – so there's two turns where – so I think Doug and I are actually on turn three because the first two turns, there's some weird kind of – you don't worry about supply and all this stuff, but from turn three on, basically you put and this out... game starts on like North Korean invasion. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Yep. And it's only a year. Um, so you play basically yeah, OCS Korea is the same 12 way. months. Yeah. They do one. Cause year. that's yeah. The, the mobile portion of the year. Um, but uh, starting at turn three, you put supply depots out on the map. Uh, and then depending on kind of the state of the war, like for the for the North Koreans, it's how many cities you've captured and what province the, the depot's in. Um, for the U.S., there's some other considerations. Um, I'm playing the North Koreans against Doug, so that's kind of where my head is. But And then you roll on a table and it tells you how much supply you get. And then you can spend that supply to kind of uh, indicate your commitment to to the war. Um, and that affects everything. Um, so that affects initiative, basically who goes first and attack affects all the attacks. Um, if you're in the command range of a depot with, with good supply and good commitment, uh, your attacks are more effective. If, if you're attacking out of command range, then your, your attacks are basically at half strength or, or worse. Um, and, and, it's it's relatively mobile at this stage. The U.S. is or the Allies, the yeah, the the U.S. basically and the South Koreans are basically just kind of getting their their stuff on the map in in Tug and I's game. Um, I I really like the game. It's super playable. The the I, I think what I said in the podcast before is the CRT is a little boring, but the way the units activate and it and it is I go you go, but basically based on your your initiative, your commitment level, you roll on a table that tells you how many units you get to activate. They get three activation points that you can move and so you can't, you fight can with. And right. Yeah. So, so it's not just, you know, I move all of my stuff and then you move all of your stuff and you know, it's, it's back and forth with a couple units or zero units. Um, really fun. And it actually play plays pretty well by email. Doug's obviously super busy with, you know, a game coming out and a, a movie, coming out this weekend um boring <laughs> i'm i've been crazy busy at work so you know it's not going super fast but we're both pretty engaged in it and and you know taking turns when we can and it's still it's it's keeping me in the game i i kind of am keeping track of what i'm trying to do and, and making pushes on a couple you know small fronts and it's it's a great game i don't know what compass is going to do with their quote-unquote reprint or next edition or whatever but the the original edition with those rules very tight um very playable and, and a lot of fun nice. and that's uh, on the war game front that's basically it i'm planning a like 
five or six train games, but then yeah, we're jamming all this. We're jamming yeah. those frequencies. <laughs> war games is uh, the Korean War right now. So I, I I've been playing Seki Gahara, and I actually oh, played. Shit. Who are you playing that Wolfie, with? Wolfie, and I won. Oh, I got a Nishida nice. win. Nice. Oh, that's a right. Yeah. Win. So uh, I'm I'm pretty pleased. Um, he came in a little strong. And then I came back hard and brought in a ton of troops. And I was able to consolidate a lot of guys in on the uh, west side. West side! And uh, we just, I brought in tons of Mori guys. And um, I think I think Derek underestimated how far I could reach out on the highways <laughs> to get <laughs> his guys. Especially if I had the right hands. And so, the right cards, right? If you can just yeah. burn a card. And so I've, I've never, I've never won a Zashida before, but that was my first Zashida win. Nice. Was it just one session? One, one, one night. Yeah. yeah. It was a drunk like a f- night where a few I, hours. And, and also, like, we're not at top form. Like, he's drunk. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. drunk. Like, yeah. we're just fucking. That's, blind, that's right? the way to play it. But uh, we, God, it's, it's all in Vassal. But uh, it's, it's a great balanced game. Love it. Really good. Yeah. Uh, and I and again I continued my streak of fucking him on loyalty challenges after Jason Jason like had like, tortured done. me. <laughs> Only Jason can beat me on the loyalty challenge. I have never been able to do anything good with Sekihara. Have you um, played that, Marty? Oh yeah, and and uh, it's a great it's, game. I mean, it's a beautiful game. It is, and it's like you're guessing what your opponent's going to play against you, and it's just like. I don't have that. And then, you know, you're going to be deficient on the particular cards he's going to play against you. Well, I knew the game was going my way when there were attacks where I'm like, you know, I'm just going to try to clean out this group because I want to get this hand gone because I'm going <clears> to, <throat> like, recharge my hand. And then I would totally smoke him. He would have, like, <laughs> no cards that suit. I'm like, dude, like, I didn't. Like, that's when it's going your way where you're like, and now I all, I have all these Yoshida cards. So now you're fucked. I have all these Mori cards. So the key with Yoshida definitely is build a gigantic power base in the West. And then that's, I mean, that's what I ended up doing, basically. Just I had an army that just basically marked down and stomped mm-hmm. all the Tokugawa stuff. So so who, who knows how it goes? It's, it's a great game. I love that game. game. I love that game. It's a great game. So the next game I played is Fed and Empire, and we've been playing this for a long time. So now we've got C-Rack uh, as the uh, Romulans also into it. So it's me, Ralph, me, I'm playing the uh, the uh, Lyrans and the Federation, and uh, Ralph is playing the Zin, the Hydrans, and the Federation. No, I'm sorry, I'm the Klingons and the Lyrans, and Ralph is the Federation, the Zin, and the Hydrans, and Sirac is the Romulans. So uh, I finally have managed to shift some of my military strength to face the Federation from the Hydrans. I took out two Federation star bases, which is huge, um, and I'm just trying to move resources. It's incredible how hard it is to shift the weight of an entire star empire to from one front to another so we're working on that the romulans have been attacking the federation and they've been making some good progress um but you know not as much as we might like but the problem is the gorn are about to attack them so they're about to get to attack and uh also we've been attacked the zin after building up all their strength in their capital system attacked and then we had to beat them down so we're basically who knows what's going on it's chaos 
that game is fucking bananas. <laughs> we invite people to come in and watch. It's crazy. And I think it's Sunday at seven. I have to like give my Ralph my operational movement for that game. Uh, I give homework. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> so this was actually the first turn where I had so many damaged ships that I was not able to build all the ships I would normally construct, which is bad. And I had massive fleet, fleet repair docks just in depots, just trying to build, rebuild, and repair all the damaged ships I've had for the Klingons. So, so it's great. We're loving it. Really good. Um, I've been playing Front Towards Enemy with Jason. That's right. Yeah, we need to get back to that after the new year. The one thing I need to do is I need to be smarter about RPD and your hel helicopters. Well, it's too late now, right? I know, right? But like, <laughs> I need to have RPDs in better spots where they can shoot your. Because I realized later, I'm like, what well, if I just shot the helicopter down? Then like, all I just those need guys one good roll. Yeah. <laughs> all those guys are fucking doomed. So that so, game is great. I think it's really good. I, you know, there's been a couple of questions about it. And like, oh, you know, it. I don't know. It's just playable and fun. I just don't think people are playing it. Yeah. I think that's the, it's it's kind of a soft landing and no one's playing mm -hmm. it. I, I think I, I really like it. Because uh, basically in the scenario we're in, we're, I have two villages and I'm the Viet Cong, which of course I'm not comfortable with, whatever. And Jason is the U.S. <laughs> really threw me a curveball. He's the, he's the good guys. And, which uh, I'm not comfortable with. He's basically attacking uh, my main village, and things are kind of going smoothly. <laughs> For you, and yet nothing is <laughs> I'm poking bayonets and yeah, that's the smaller southern village. <laughs> and yeah, you everything's quiet. quiet down south. So yeah, I just brought another another slick down south, and I'm gonna start start poking around down there. Yeah, so it's it's cool as the U.S. where you whip in these fucking helicopters and they start QE start dropping off guys in the rice paddies and you've got your cobras flying around trying to like provide cover. I think it really gives a great feel for the whole game. So yeah, whatever. a lot of, a lot of I'm, fun. I'm a big fan. Um, I was actually thinking about that. I was driving home yesterday. Well, we're we're gonna play again. I think we should yeah. definitely play like after Christmas because yeah, I get to look at schedule and stuff. But like, dude. Whatever. Yeah, I'm, a boss. I'm having a lot of fun with that. <laughs> you are a boss. Yeah. So uh, other things I'm playing, I got Axis Empires Guild game. I'm playing the Soviets on both sides for Axis Empires. Dicenso and Totala Creed. God damn. Who are you playing that with? Uh, I'm playing that with Pete. Pete Gade is playing the uh, Totala Creed Germans. Uh, Medicine Man's playing the Western Allies. Uh, Ross is playing the uh, Dicenso Westerns. And Frenchie is playing the uh, the Axis, the the Japanese. Wow, are you guys playing that live or email? No, no, Vassal, Vassal. Wow, email logs. It's good though. We've been we we're in 1939. Is it along? Wow, okay. We're 1939. So uh, the pace is there. There's been some hiccups. Like at one point, uh, uh, Frenchie forgot to garrison a Chinese empire, so that he moved on for the Japanese, and then they immediately revolted and like put more Chinese troops up so they had to go back and kill them again. But uh, it's been good. I think nice. it's, it's, it's interesting to see where it's steering. I'm not sure as the Soviets, I'm trying to run them straight. I think, I think when you play a first campaign, I mean, this game is about card play, right? So every basically year you have maybe four seasons and during those seasons, you can play a card. That card kind of decides how you're, two to three turns 
cards after that season turn are going to go. So I think guys are, a lot of guys are playing the cards the way they think they should play them. No one's, like, I think of the first time you play a campaign, no one wants to really, like, start to rattle things, right? So as the Soviets, I tried to give Pete the chance for the Romania to cause some problems. And Pete was like, nope, I'm good. Because you don't want to, like, have a loose Romania, like, attacking people. And then we don't know where that's going to go as far as the whole game. I mean, Germany's a tight game, right? So if Pete wants to win as Germany, he's going to have to play a very tight game. So that's it. So that's Axis Empires. Uh, Empires. Are you in on the new edition? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We don't take review copies, but if Decision wants to throw us a couple. They won't. I know they won't, but. We're only the most actively recording (laughs) board gaming podcast out there. Uh, And then I'm with B-Mode. I'm doing Empire of the Sun, Vassal. Okay, nice. And with Haiku. Ah, yes. Got to. So we're haikuing as much as we can. (laughs) I fucking love that guy. B-Mode is great. Yeah, so that's what I get going on. So we're 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 in about I think we're in nineteen forty-two early. And we learned also why you don't I learned why you don't do the nineteen forty-one. We're like, fuck it, we're gonna do Fry from Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor is like pointless. Like they just mm-hmm. fucking come in and just yeah. like I was like, Yeah, we could have totally just started in nineteen forty two. That's for next time. I man, I need to play that game. All right. That game so, speaks uh, to me. So what about books? Jason, you got any books? Um, what have I been reading? You go first. Let me, let me consult my memory. I've my, got two books. Yeah. I've got uh, Neptune's Inferno by James Hornfisher. Just finished it. Uh, really incredible. Uh, it's about the Guadalcanal campaign. And it really talks about, like, you start to understand, like, I always thought Guadalcanal was really just about the Marines landing and mm-hmm. holding yeah. the island, how brave they were. It was really about the naval ships fucking battling around. We lost so many cruisers around uh, Guadalcanal. It was unbelievable. And part of it was, the interesting part for me was where, um, I'm trying to think, was it Nimitz? One of the the major admirals had gone down to meet with Gormley, who was the, the Guadalcanal guy, but he was a buddy of his. So it was clear that Gormley was having problems running the operation. He wasn't aggressive enough. or And so uh, then they were like, because he was friends, he was reluctant to relieve the guy. So then he came back and, and didn't relieve him. And then in later retrospect, he probably should have relieved that guy. So it's, it's a really interesting uh, exercise in leadership, like to kind of see like how friendships can interfere with, with leadership positions and I'm trying to think it wasn't fucking doesn't minutes it was who was the fucking uh u.s admiral's the biggest dick or or the one who was marty do you know this one u.s admirals from pacific all i can think of is nimitz it's not nimitz biggest dick like literally the biggest dick not like biggest dick is but i mean like <laughs> no not george burns biggest dick all right, Jason. So the other one I'll talk about then, sure. until I can come up with that one is uh, "Rape of Nanking." Oh Irish fuck, King. man, that book is brutal. Have you read it? Yeah, I read it a couple years ago. It's great. Did it's... you know what happened to the author? No, 
she killed herself. Are you serious? Yeah. So if you get the modern version of the book, uh, Rape of Nanking is incredible. Um, it's 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 an important book for everyone to read to really yes. understand that yeah. the war crimes that were committed by the Japanese uh, during during World War Two, and it's it's not like an isolated incident. It's something that they did everywhere. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, so the idea that they try to pretend that like oh it only happened there, but then we oh the Bataan Death March that only happened there. I mean. Basically, it was a nationwide policy, and it was partially because they were so brutal to their troops. Um, when you're so brutal to your privates, then it's easy for your privates to then be brutal to other people. They want to pass on that brutality to someone else. But the saddest part of it is that Iris Shang, who is the author, who really puts a lot of herself into the rape of the <clears throat> and wrote a couple other books, later on went and... Uh, she was bipolar, and she ended up getting a gun and shooting herself in the head in a car in California. Jesus. So, so when you read the that. modern version of the book, there's a eulogy that's kind of written by her ex-husband who kind of talks about it. And a lot of the qualities that made her such a great author, like being passionate and willing to stay up all night and research, these are manic behaviors, Right. So when you see someone who's a genius and is really like focused and super focused, these are manic behaviors. Well, for for Iris, um, part of the the flip side, because I, I, I have I have a brother who's bipolar. The flip side of being manic is being depressive, right? Be, having depression. Well, in the Chinese culture, that's something you would hide. And of you course, very good right. at being hiding it. So her family thought she was very successful. Uh, and she hit her depression very well, but the truth is what made her probably a great author also made her like, might've contributed to <clears throat> eventual suicide. Right. So it, it's, a, it, wow. it's, I, I think Rave of Nanking is a great book just That's to so read good. now, yeah. just because you hear about that story. And then you hear about the story, what happened to the author. And I bought my mom actually the book about Iris Chang from one of her friends uh, one of Iris Chang's friends wrote a book about how she'd communicated with Iris Chang and never really appreciated the fact that Iris Chang was about to kill herself. So she wrote kind of a, like an autobiography about that experience. And so I, I got that for my mom for Christmas. I thought she might enjoy that book. Yeah. That's, that's my mom's a, is that Finding mentor. Iris Chang? <laughs> that's right. Finding Iris Chang. Wow. I thought it looked like a really interesting wow, book. Yeah. So it's The Rape of Nanking is a great, great book to read to be educated on it. Um, the story of Iris Chang is something else, but it really adds, I mean, sadly, something to the <laughs> story. And funniest, funniest, not the funniest thing, but I guess the, the one thing that struck me is when her parents, who were professors, I guess, at Illinois University, they were Chinese, a Chinese family. And uh, when they were asked about her, they were asked about her brother and they, the, the dad said, or the dad, I can't remember if it was the dad or the mom, but one of them said something like, oh no, we never worried about him because he's only average. And I'm like, that tells so much about how, like, your family is, like, because they were so proud of her because she yeah. was so successful. But the pride didn't allow them to ignore the signs that maybe there was something more there, you know. It's such a good book. Have you read? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I just recently read it. I borrowed it from my online library. Yeah, it's, um, are you talking about the Irish? Have you read Finding Irish Chang or the uh, Rape of Nanking? Rape of Nanking. Yeah, it's incredible. 
And some of the people involved in that ended up killing themselves just because of the trauma. Go figure. Yeah. The, the, the comparison and analysis of Japanese soldiers and how they reacted um, where they could climb over a wall and jump into bed with a Chinese woman and try to rape her. But if an American would run up, they would run away. It was like almost like they knew what they were doing was wrong. There was some kind of bizarre sexual context with how the Japanese soldiers were behaving with these Chinese women and it's and crazy. children. Yeah, you you have to read it. Like, yeah, that's fucked up. And and they had been basically raised and bred as Chinese as Japanese soldiers to think that the Chinese were not human. Right, like lesser like, say, dogs yeah. or. It's amazing. Like some of the, but the idea that just like you would be like, I'm gonna rape this Chinese woman, and then some American woman would run up and be like, shoot, get out of here, and you would just run off, like. It's just a strange mentality. Like, if you're violently going to rape someone, I don't think you would be shooed away by some seventy-three-year-old uh, Baptist yeah, tr- woman journalist. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's bizarre. So, it's it's a, it's well worth a read for sure. Marty, what so are you reading? It. That's it. Good. So, two feel-good stories: Neptune's Inferno and uh, Rape of Man King. Dig it, Marty. You got any books? Um, well, I've been going with, uh, the, uh, the World War II series of, um, oh, goodness gracious. It's, he started with part one, part two, and, um, I have to find the books. Atkinson? No, no, no. Crap, I gotta find those. Um, Ian Toll books. Okay. He started with like the Pacific Crucible. Um, he's got a three part series so far, and uh, it's all about the Pacific War individually. And uh, I'll be honest, I'll be as, honest. A, as a as army soldier, I always thought the Navy guys just basically sit around and eating ice cream all day on their ships. Once I read the Guadalcanal shit, I'm like, yeah, I'd rather be on the ground. <laughs> like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be on a fucking naval ship in the combat. But uh, one of the books was Pacific Crucible. He's got a three part series, but uh, I can't. I was always crazy because conquering, I, I looked conquering at conquering tide and Twilight of the Gods. Yeah, they're good. Good stuff. Oh, great stuff with Ian Toll. Nice. Which one are you on? Which book, I mean, are, you which book are you reading? I finished up um, Pacific Crucible, and I'm waiting for the third part. Nice. Jason, you got anything? Yeah, so in my ongoing um, presidents. <laughs> nice. Keep going. Yeah, I am still going. So I'm reading Zachary Taylor, Soldier, Planter, Statesman. Um, it's Zach, Zach Taylor's decent. He's got to be. He's, he gets some stuff. Yeah, this book just isn't great. Um, it's more focused on his military career, which I guess like. Typical new. Typical new. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the book is a little too 
detailed on like you know the number of troops and that like there's square footages for forts he's building on the on the frontier and shit like that that's just yeah, that's not cool. super interesting to me um but he's at least a decent you're, guy you're looking for love interests <laughs> well or just you know i don't know um the other two so i finally got around i um at work will listen to books a lot i listened to moneyball because i saw uh uh billy bath oh, yeah, billy, billy. Billy Bean. Billy Bean. Yeah, I saw him speak at a at a conference I was at. I was like, oh, yep. I should I should finally get around to reading Moneyball. So I listened to it instead. Overrated. <laughs> the book or the or him? The, the whole thing. Overrated. <laughs> the the sabermetrics. I, I, yeah, I have, no 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 sabermetrics. I agree with. I am a big. Over, I'm not a fan of, of Moneyball. Okay. The, I mean the the what, what's your what's your I'm sorry I'm jumping your thing. No, yeah. so like what's, the book what's was, your impression of Moneyball? The book was good. Um, no, the book was really well written. The ideas are interesting. If, it, if, if the world had stopped at that year, <laughs> exactly. I think it would have been, exactly. he would have been a genius. And that's, but that's then the what idea, happened. Right? Yeah, like, like, well, the A's suck again. Um, so, yeah, when everybody gets to do that, then, then, you're, then you're, your edge is kind of taken away. But right, it so, was, so what, what's your takeaway from it? What do you think the value is of Moneyball? What's the, what's the fundamental concept? Because I, I think the fundamental concept is find something that other teams don't value that has value, right. and then get that. Right, and but like the find, thing is, find the hidden value in things. Yeah, but then if you share those secrets and you tell everybody what you're looking for, right, it defeats all purpose. Yeah, exactly. Because um, because people people look at Moneyball and they're like it's about on base percentage. It's like no, no it's, it's not. not. No, <laughs> it's about finding whatever it is that's not valued in the market. Yeah, you look at you look at the data, see what's yeah, see what's getting the most value for the buck, and 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 chasing that, which which is good. Um, but it was one of those things like I'm not a huge baseball guy. But I still really enjoyed the book. So then I listened to The Blind Side. I'm uh, surprised you're not a big baseball guy because it's I, such a statistical game. I know. I, I, I liked it a lot when I was... It's a game that involves a lot of reading about players. and. But, uh, there's two things. Um, I, I liked it a lot as a kid. My best friend growing up, he was a big... He was a catcher. He you know he played Little League. I went to all his games. Um, and I, I loved it. And then The Strike... Right, like it just in in the mid '90s, it just killed it. Um, and for me now, as an adult, there's just too many games. Um, I think that's but, that's really. But you, you're right in like Baseball Central. I am, yeah. And and we go to at least one spring training game every year, and and I love it. But and I like watching. I just I don't follow it anymore. I like going to a game and watching the game. I like the strategy of the game. I just, I just don't follow it anymore. I, I need something to pull me back in. Maybe if the diamondbacks were ever, I guess they were okay last year. Yeah. Um, you, yeah you had Grinky for a while. Yeah. So then I listened to blind, the blind side and I fucking loved that. And I know I'm late to the game here, but I would, I would highly recommend uh, both Moneyball and The Blind Side. The Blind Side had all the interesting stuff about how, um, you know, how the game changed with, you know, more passing 
quarterbacks and um you know the the way the defense changed and um lawrence taylor and how he changed the game and we're talking about like like how long ago uh i mean 20 years at this point (laughs) (laughs) the game game 20 years ago but it's really interesting the game has fundamentally changed even this year (laughs) right right but 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 seeing that change because you know I, I was watching the game then, but yeah, I was young enough that I didn't really pay pay that much attention. But I don't know. The blind side, I really, really liked. They, it, there was some stuff I didn't like, but the the football stuff in there was was really cool. So those those are my books. My my reading has slowed down a little bit because work is fucked up. I mean, is the blind side about that kid who got adopted? By like the it's it's half about Michael Orr. Um, and then half about the, the football side. All right. Yeah. I think that's great. That's really good. Jason. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for my contribution. Well, what's I, wrong with I that? To, what's wrong with my I contribution? To, no, it, you're, you're fine. I have to Jesus. go to the bathroom really quickly. Okay. I'll do this. Can you go really quickly? We'll do. All right. We'll do that. Marty, go drink water. We'll do. I'm back whenever you guys are. I'm here as well. I'm here as well. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> All right. So uh, are we ready for reviews? So what do we want to do? Anybody else have garbage time they want to talk about? I don't think so. We can do a I'm review. about traded your shoppers. Did, did we talk? We did, like, have, I, I know we talked about Bruce Garrick's fuck you moment, but like, it, it's, it is amazing that there hasn't been a lot of publicity about it. I don't, I don't think board game podcasts get a lot of publicity in general. Is that, is that just because the market hasn't really, there's not a lot of people listening? I, to yeah. So. I think we, we clearly, the beach. yeah. And we get the most, so. Maybe now that we've talked about it, other people will start talking about it. Marty, do you have a review you would like to do? Well, I have a older game, but it's uh, Shifting Sands. Oh, nice. Let's talk about okay. it. Okay. So Shifting Sands is a car-driven game, which um, was based off of uh, Mark Ranella who has an ability to um, polarize people. <laughs> well, well said. So um, Let's not be hasty, too hasty in our judgment of people that polarize people. Right? But it, <laughs> it's a North Africa car-driven game. And um, so it also has the East Africa um portion of the of the war which really is kind of a sideshow to everything that's going on um so it's a lot like if you've played anything with um the paths of glory any of sort of like um 
Barbara to Berlin, car driven type of game. It, it's it's a it's right in that vein. So so it's a CDG basically. It's like yes. like point like to point, area, point, to point CDG game. Point to point CDG. Um, big things are Rommel's a big player in the game, and he can bounce around between uh, various uh, battles and do card shifts or at least battleships. Can the uh, can the Africa Corps win? Yes, but it requires a dedicated movement towards taking of Malta. And unfortunately, that requires a lot of good card draws for the German player. Oh, so does it does like Malta require like like kind of like a spending cards for other points other than ops, like to take like focus on Malta? Yes. Um, so it kind of drives around that whole point of the Germans were the supply line, supply lines, supply lines, and eventually the. Um, uh, parachute invasion of Malta. So how lo- how long ago was this game made? Um, let's see, about two thousand six. Yeah, a while ago. I think is out of print. I think so. It's an MFP game. Have, have you played this recently in person, or are you yeah, playing it mostly in like Vassal? Have you played it with someone? Um, last time I played, it was like a, a few years ago, a couple of years, I will say a couple of years ago. Um, was because it on a submarine? I think part of it was in, nice. because it's, there's not too many, um, areas to play across. So, um, uh, you've got the East Africa front. And then you've got the actual Libya, Egypt, Egypt front. And there's not too many spaces between those two. Hmm. So the big thing for the Allies is they've got O'Connor and Wavell. And for the Germans, it's a matter of having Rommel. Rommel causes the the German player to have shifts, uh, column shifts for their combat. And he can use, basically using his storch movement, he can move from point to point and allows the German player to uh, have a bonus for his combat. Right. The... uh, East Africa's front is basically really a sideshow to what's happening in North Africa. And um, it really revolves around a lot of the the Malta experience. If the German player... Yeah, the question is how many cards do you want to devote to like taking out Malta, right? Basically like... Right. If it'll be worth it. Um, because if you can get the correct number of, of, of plays to Malta, it, it effectively involves, correction, uh, it makes it so that the Germans 
have successfully invaded Malta. And so that creates their uh, supply line to North Africa as um, immutable. Yeah, you'd think, though, in some of these games that it would finally be just like where the German players like, well, clearly the Germans didn't take North Africa without taking Malta, so I have to devote everything I have to taking Malta. Right. And so that's one of the, the, the main issues. If you don't take you're, Malta... You're, yeah, you're faced with the alternative. You know how that turned out. <laughs> so <laughs> put everything into Malta. Yeah, if you don't take Malta... The effect of the game is you're not going to really win because you need Malta. And they did not take Malta, historically. Correct. I think they bombed the shit out of Malta, but I don't think they took it. Yeah, they, they bombed the crap out of it, and I think the Brits had like three planes that helped defend all of Malta for the entire North Africa campaign. So what do you think about it? I like the game because it allows for um, the effect of Rommel to shift the Germans in a positive manner. But um, if you don't take Malta as the Germans, then the British can take the game as fairly historical. That, that's my point with some of these games. It's like, well, like... Clearly, they they understand what the the problem is. The designer clearly understands what the uh, the crux is of the game, like what the tipping point is. So, once you identify it, then like it's like it becomes an exercise of just can we take it, and then can we finish the rest, right? Like if it's a shorter game, it's hard to not have games that are like so so transparent. Right, it, yeah, it, it's it's one of those kind of games. If you don't take Malta, then it kind of rides on the rails. Yeah, then you're done, right? You know how it's going to finish up. Right. Just so beer. Is this a like fun game to play, like combat wise, or like fighting units, or it doesn't sound so like it's a great, like really fun game. <laughs> And I don't know that I've played any of the the Pog kind of family of games, um, but it, like this seems way obviously. Well, way Pog more Pog is good. Like, but, I like Pog, but this game seems. Really I, I own it. I own Pog. Yeah, but for what? Just to teach you a lesson of how like you have to capture Malta. Like you know oh. what I mean? Like what's the point of the game? Well, I think in the family of games where you've got Pog, Pog is the most playable of the of the games but if let's say you mm. play okay. Barbarossa to Berlin that one is very much in the favor of the allies whereas um, Shifty Sands is very rail like towards the allies as well but it kind of so, involves. So, so let me ask you this: If you don't take Malta, can the Axis capture Cairo? Very difficult. Right. So it's like, well, then it's it's really just they should name the game "The Battle for Malta." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, 
You know what I mean? Like, it's like, like the perspective is, yeah, you're fighting about stuff that doesn't, it's already been decided because you didn't take this other place. That, that's my point. That's probably an accurate statement. Is it, just, is it Cairo or Cairo? Oh, no, it's it's Cairo. <laughs> that's the Cairo. 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 I'm pretty sure it's Cairo. God knows. Who knows? Who knows? Decades from now, what it will be called. So beers. I would go with five beers. Well, that's a justification to play just for that. I mean, hey, sometimes these games, while I say this, well, you know, I'm being like the fucking uh, grog, grog tard and say, hey, yeah, you got to, if you can't take Malta, what's the point of even doing the other shit? But maybe that's part of like learning how the whole experience works. And that's the, if, if five beers is all it takes to learn a lot about how the Mediterranean work, hey, fuck it. That's worth it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of that they you know. I mean, Africa. I play I play, I play games that have two hundred and fifty turns where I didn't realize that the game was already over. It was <laughs> over on the fifteenth turn. turn. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I already lost the game. <laughs> it happens. And what, what about a rating? I would go about a five on this one. Okay. Um, wow. It's it's it's. It's a good game, but it won't replay that many times because it, it, it's fairly well set up on the rails. That's interesting. Yeah, that's my concern. Yeah. yeah. I haven't had a lot of luck with his games, so I kind of put them by the wayside. And Mark Vernella is very passionate about his games. Yes. Great defender. So we're going to hear from him. We don't care. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> That's cool. I, I like, you know, I, I, I like that the review, you know, the, the overall was fairly positive. I like the, the choice. Yeah. No, I like the choice. I do too. Like, 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 so let me ask this, Marty. What, when you played it, is there a particular thing you enjoyed about it? Like, what, what made you pick this game for your review? I like car-driven games in general, okay. and I was hoping that the fact that um, Rama would shift things around, and there was a possibility of Rama making a huge effect on the um, of the game would make it more competitive. For so you Germans wanted, against the Germans. So you wanted to see how much impact like that particular kind of operational expertise would have on this game as opposed to the other versions. Yes, because you know he had to rely on um on the Germans and Italians, which he couldn't rely on the Italians. Well, some some Italians were good. Ariete, some of them were good. Right. The Ariete divisions, yes. No, that's fair. I think it's good. Jason, do you have anything you want to talk about, like game review? Uh, I'll defer. Well, I, don't, I, got I, don't, one. I don't have anything pressing. Oh, I, well, I have one I want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're talking about OCS Korea. Oh, I, I, nice. I, I had gone through and I didn't. I could not believe that we had not reviewed OCS Go. 
So, because I'm currently playing it solo, and I'm a probably about maybe like six to eight turns in, and dude, it's already going bananas. So, so uh, this is we're coming up on 2020, which is going to be the 70th anniversary of the kickoff of the Korean War. So I'm now declaring that this is the year of Korean war gaming. So there we go. I dig it. Um, so OCS Korea, I'm doing it solo. Um, it's basically, we're dealing right now with North Koreans trying to overwhelm the South Korean defenders uh, around Seoul uh, before the U.S. can rush in and try to like bail everything out. Uh, some of the great, like, first of all, OCS is a great system. I love it. I think it's really good for this kind of operational game. But one of the things that they really do well is they have this kind of uh, Chinese intervention system where the allies are trying to get up to the topmost part of North Korea. And if they get to every, there's like, there's like a line of circled towns and if they get to all those towns, they win the game. The, the UN is won. So that kind of encourages them to move forward and try to get those towns. The Chinese, when they want to intervene, have this great system where they can wait. And then each turn they wait gives them more hexes that they can deploy deeper into North Korea, up to like 20 hexes. So if the Chinese wait for a really long time while the, the UN's like, yay, we're winning, we're doing great. The, suddenly the Chinese can appear like everywhere around the UN and like have a huge battle. So I think that's really cool. Um, there are rules to, that force the North Koreans to actually invade and go down the Pusan perimeter and set up there because they can't just ignore it. They can't just be like, oh, we're just going to park around Pyongyang, try to defend Pyongyang. No, there are supply rules that force them to do historically what they were required to do by Stalin. Um, there, there's cool rules for porters, like individual guys who are carrying supplies. Like normally in OCS, you have trucks, maybe even wagons. But now there's rules for guys that just carry stuff around. They bring supplies to your troops. I didn't realize uh, that wasn't in the greater OCS nope. rules. Yeah, that's that's great. It might be in Burma, but, it, but it's definitely sense. in Korea. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of rules for U.S. naval movements, uh, like carrier groups, landings, power. How they bring in all their reinforcements, and I'm going to go through some of their uh, their optional rules real quick. So, and some of the stuff that I had fun with, I combined this. I was listening to the podcast when diplomacy fails, yeah, which is basically doing a whole series. Well, they had they've done already. They have a whole series on um, the Korean War, and my tip for them is listen to it, and once they get started. Uh, fast forward until you get past the stupid song <laughs> they play, and then you get through all their Patreon shit, and you can just yeah, get into I couldn't, I couldn't listen to that podcast. Yeah, so they have a whole <laughs> front five minutes where he wants to talk about all the stuff going on with them and how interesting their personal lives are. Just, just keep hitting boink, 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 boink. Fast forward till you get past the song, and once you pass the song, then he gets into it because it's actually pretty good. He's got a pretty good theory. <clears throat> On like how the uh, the whole war was fought. So let me grab the rules. Where the fuck is that? Let me see where that and this is. is actually a game I've played. I'll be back in sight. Let me find it. Okay.
Yeah, I unfortunately bailed on Rex Dites on a, a game of this we were playing. I enjoyed it quite a bit, though. It's just a lot, I think, for me. Marty, have you played OCS? I have. You like it? So it's kind of. I the, love yeah. OCS. Um, I played DAC two, and the whole idea of having the the supply is amazing. Yeah, it's like a each turn is like a little game, just figuring out. All right, you know, where, right, where supply is and should be. I'm back. We're talking yeah, about so, OCS. Dude. So they have a uh, so they have a whole optional section that that basically like so you go through different rules on different sides and who can do what and how the Chinese infiltrate, but then they've got rules for like hey maybe if there were more U.S. Navy forces involved or maybe if the North Koreans could have rebuilt some of the T thirty four eighty fives they had. Or maybe if there's UN dedicated air support, or maybe if the Chinese didn't offer sanctuary to uh, North Korean forces, or how about an option where the U.S. is prepared or full Soviet support, which they did not have, as you'd learn from watching the podcast. <laughs> or how about this nuclear weapons? Heck yeah. This option explores the potential deployment of nuclear weapons in the North Korean war. So, obviously, nuclear weapons are bad. So here's one of the effects. The first effect is the entire target hex's contents are immediately destroyed. <laughs> Thank you. The second content is anything that moves into this hex while the nuclear weapon shows its mushroom cloud is immediately destroyed. And then in parentheses it says, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And it says, while the counter shows its mushroom cloud, units or SPs cannot use rail movement through the marker. Trace supply is not affected. So, I mean, there's a ton of extra stuff. The game is fun. Uh, it's a great way to really like get a feel for how the South Koreans were outnumbered initially. Uh, so right now I'm about, like I said, about maybe nine or ten turns in, just running it solo, having fun. All the OCS rules apply, like no, no real strong modifiers. And just again a testament to the strength of the OCS. It's a it's a tight game. Yeah, and I haven't gotten to the Chinese intervention yet. Like for me, North Koreans are just cutting off the South Koreans south of Seoul. There's going to be a major flood down there, and the North Koreans are going to have to set up around the Pusan perimeter, and we'll see what happens. But I need to figure out a way to get back into this game. Uh, when when you're off mic, I was saying Rex Stites and I had started a, a small scenario. And it just takes me forever to play because there's so many, you know, so many choices with each so, thing you which, do. Which which game? What do you mean? Like which game were you playing? We were playing this, playing OCS, the Korea. Oh, Korea. Yeah, oh, one of the small smaller scenarios. Yeah, but I I think like I'm a big like basically when I hit up Duck, I'm like, hey, how's this rule work? He's like, oh, what are you doing? I'm playing OCS Korea. He goes, playing the whole thing. I'm like, fuck yes. Like, just play the whole thing. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's a big commitment. Because that's a, that's yeah, a long game. you own game. a house. You own a house, <laughs> that, you own a table. That is, that is true. Keep that shit up there. That is true. You're the oh, man. You're the man. I, I am the man. This is my house. OCS is amazing because it kind of shows where the 
the the push and pull of the front occurs because of supply. Yeah, yep. even yep. even with North, you can't just North make Koreans, dumb attacks. You have to even with the North Koreans attacking them constantly. Like, all right, I got to move this headquarters over mm-hmm. here. If I want to support these guys. Like, I was trying to run guys down the east side of Korea, and I'm like, sorry, dudes, I can't provide any supply for you down there. Like, you can't attack anymore down there because I yeah. can't do it. No, because in like the SCS, be like, oh yeah, I'll just make this this you know make this attack even though it's not greatly in my favor if it's just a little bit in my favor i'm still going to make the attack but in here you have to pay for that attack and then it makes it a much harder oh, yeah, decision dude, you know dude in oc in ocs you're like i'm going to leave this particular battalion out because i don't want to pay the supply they're not going to add enough yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's great that's so the other cool game the other one i've gotten is uh i just had delivered to me uh, the fight for soul. So this is again with our theme. Oh, what is this? Of Korean wargaming. This is a advanced squad leader. Oh, nice campaign game. Oh. And so basically, it's two campaign games. It's a hassle. Uh, it is a hassle. It's it's got uh, two giant maps for Smith's Ridge, which is the rural area east of Seoul. I think it's east of Seoul. And then it's got two giant maps for Seoul itself. So it is actually two campaign games in one. And they said in the design notes that uh, basically they were, they thought putting it all together in one package was too much for the players, the play testers. So they actually split it. So you get one book for the campaign game. You get one book for Smith's Ridge, which is the fight uh, in the, the rice basket of Seoul. And then you get one book for uh, Seoul, which is the fight there. So if you're fighting in Seoul, you just have to have the Seoul book and the campaign book. If you're fighting Smith Ridge, those two. So, and then they give you a bunch of counters for uh, Korean era Marines. Uh, like I said, two big maps, snipers, aircraft, spider holes. There's a what the fuck counter, which we always love. You got to have WTF for that. Uh, 11 scenarios for, there's a campaign game for fighting the Fifth, I think it's a fifth Marine Division's fight to uh, take the eastern approaches to Seoul. Um, you get the campaign game there, a hassle, and you get 11 scenarios. Or you can fight in Seoul, get a campaign game for Seoul, and 10 scenarios. I, should, I shouldn't say or, I should say and. You get both. So for $121.50 from Ritter, Getting 21 scenarios, two campaign games, all the maps are there. Uh, all the all the uh, there's and every every scenario is in a hard like card, nice material. All the terrain sheets are there. All the the the, the campaign group purchase groups, all that shit's there. It's really great, great package. So I dig it. It's really good. So that that's nice, and it's FFS. So we we love anything it says for fuck's sake. So. <laughs> so it's fight for soul. So that, that uses all your guys from ASL Forgotten War. And after that, I got a, I got in the mail tank duel. I got Heroes nice. of Stalingrad. Nice. And I got Pax Porfiriana. Jesus. But I haven't had the chance to look at any of those. So we're not going to talk about it. Jason, you got something? I'm good. You good? Yeah. Marty, you have anything else you want to talk about? Well, um, no, I've really got 
just a bunch of new games coming from uh, Kickstarter. What you got coming? One of which is uh, I've got Nemesis and uh, what the hell was it? Another another uh, combat, you know, space game. Well, Marty, you have a chance to talk to all the advanced subject combat guys out there. You want anything you want to say out there to them, or no? I'm pretty good. <laughs> okay, right. I, I, I'm pretty hammered right now. I get it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, boys. So uh, keep keep playing games. Uh, like I said, get active in the guild. Yeah, we have a guild on AAC on AAC guild on BGG. You can check out guild 1660 uh hit us up if you feel like you haven't been able to find guys you can play games we've got a calendar where you can meet up with guys and play vassal games and get wargaming if you're a guy who maybe has not met someone who feels like is maybe a match for him like whatever that happens uh maybe you can meet that guy so come hang out and talk shit that's all we got all right brother yep all right i'm tapped Good night. Let's do it. Good night. All right. Good night. Can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah. Visit us at http colon slash slash boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash one six six zero or contact us at advance after combat at gmail.com.